Silver Stadium with Bob Francis and Nelly King to greet you for the last regularly scheduled game of 1973 between the Pirates and the Montreal Expos. The magic number is two. Any combination of net wins and Pirate losses totaling two would put the Pirates out of the 1973 race. But that thing is still a possibility because out in Chicago, after five and a half innings of play, no score in that game, John Matlack going against Rick Russell. This afternoon, Jim Rucker will make a start, and he'll be going against Ernie McAnally. We had a very tender moment on the field before, on the pregame show, talking to Eddie Dunn. He received the accolades of the Pirate players, management, and the Steeler management, too. And a very tender performance on the field. Bob Prince will be along later to talk about that and bring you the ball game as he is down on the field right now. I'll have the opening lineups for this final game after I remind you that this game is brought to you in part by Iron City Beer. When you're really ready to pour it on, pour on the iron. By your Pirate Land Chrysler Fun of Dealers, who reminds you now is the time to check out the beautiful new 1974 Superstar Chryslers and Plymouth. And by your host for the opening inning, Atlantic Richfield Company, makers of Arco Supreme Gasoline and other fine petroleum products. This broadcast is authorized under broadcasting rights granted by the Pittsburgh Baseball Club solely for the entertainment of our listening audience. And any publication, rebroadcast, or other use of the description and accounts of this game without the express written consent of the Pittsburgh Baseball Club is prohibited. Beautiful, sunshiny day, and for the first time in a while, we're looking at uh, the sun. We went through a lot of rain here yesterday in a long afternoon and evening of baseball, winding up a loser, but the Pirates are still in the Eastern Division race, as are four other ball clubs. That's how unbelievable this season has been. Here are the starting lineups for the Montreal Expos against Jim Rucker. Philippe Alou will be in left field. He'll lead it off. Ron Woods will bat second. He'll play in center. Bob Bailey will bat third at, third, at third base. Hal Breeden will be the first baseman. He'll bat fourth. In right field, hitting fifth, Ken Singleton. John Bacabella will do the catching and bat sixth. Tim Foley will slide up to number seven in the lineup. He'll be at shortstop. The second baseman will be Pepe Frias. He'll hit eight. And the pitcher, right-hander Ernie McAnally, is record seven and eight. Dave Cash in the leadoff split will be at second base. Gene Klein's in center field will bat second. Al Oliver will play at first base. He'll hit third. In the cleanup spot, Mr. All-Everything for the Bucks this year, Willie Stargell, he'll be in left field. Richie Hebner will bat fifth. He'll be at third base. In right field, rookie Richie Ziss, finishing a fine rookie season. He'll bat sixth. Manny Sagian will do the catching and bat seventh. At shortstop, hitting eighth, Dal Maxville. The pitcher will be left-hander Jim Rooker. His record, nine wins and six defeats. The pitching standpoint, Rooker making his 18th start of the year, his third appearance and second start against Montreal. On the 15th of May, he had no decision in release. The Pirates won that ball game 9-8. And on July the 1st in the second game of the doubleheader, he won by the score of 8-4. The last time he started, pitched well against the Phillies here, but lost 2-1 to Steve Carlton, going eight innings and giving up two runs. Both of them earned on home runs by Mike Anderson, and Bill Robinson. Ernie McAnally for the Expos is in his 24th start of the year. His sixth start against the Pirates. He's been a very active pitcher against them. And uh, lifetime against the Pirates. He is 4-5. Rooker's lifetime mark against the Montreal Expos 
1-0. Pirates taking the field. And time now for the playing of O Canada, the Canadian National Anthem, and then our National Anthem. Beautiful rendition of the national anthem by Miss Roberta Cunningham. And I may not uh, be sure of this, but I think I heard her sing down in Atlanta earlier this year from Bolivar, Pennsylvania. It may not be the same woman, but it sure sounds like the same voice. Very fine rendition. It's a beautiful sunny afternoon here for the final game of the 1973 regular season, but it may not be the last game of 1973. We'll have a game with San Diego on Monday should the Mets lose two and the Pirates lose and the Cardinals lose. 
we'd still be in the thing. Or should the Mets split and the Pirates win? Or should the Mets lose two and the Pirates win? Now, we've got to win to make those things happen. But the Pirates have lost three in a row here. One to the Philadelphia Phillies and the last two to the Montreal Expos, who are still in the race also. Now down from, or up from down on the field, Bob Prince, who had a very warm and tender ceremony down there with Eddie Dunn, and he received some very fine tributes and well-deserved, a guy with 47 years of service to Pittsburgh Pirate Baseball and Steeler Football, and some fine words from Art Rooney, president of the Steelers, Dave Justy of the Pirates, and Danny Galbraith from the uh, Pirate management also. Eddie Dunn on the pregame show is uh, going to enjoy retirement. He said he's going to start playing golf. That's a tough way to enjoy retirement, though. You can lose your mind trying to ma master that game, but he'll try to do it. Now, the guy who's mastered broadcasting for 27 years and hopefully will keep us in the race here this afternoon, the voice of the Pirates, Bob Prince. Thank you very much, Nellie King, and hello again, everybody. And it was nice to be down on the field with Eddie Dunn, and uh, he has deservedly earned his rest. And here's Philippe Ballou at 2.33, and Rooker sends a strike, and Andy Olson calling the balls and strikes. Down on the field, Gene Mock had noticed in his mind that Rooker might have had a tender arm, and he had two light-ups. One if it was to be Blass, one if it was to have been Rooker. It's Rooker. Here's the on one to Ballou. Swing and a miss. The New York Mets-Cub game, scoreless at the end of six innings. Matt Lack and Russell in that one. And we understand under uh, very unfavorable weather conditions, at least the last report we had, they're hopeful of getting just the one game in, maybe the two. And uh, they started it early, if I recall, anyhow, to begin with. And then on top of that, these two guys are throwing zero, so they're getting a pretty good break there with nothing-nothing score through the front six. One ball, two strikes to Alou, and Rooker back with a fastball that tailed outside. So it's a ball, two, strike, two count. To the left fielder, Philippe Alou, with uh, Ron Woods and Bob Bailey to follow. There, swung to the left on Alou, Rooker. With a nine and six mark, has Hebner, Maxville, Cash, and Oliver the infield. Stodgill climbs this the outfield. 2-2 delivery and a foul coming straight back. Ball, two strike two. Pleasant afternoon. President Arthur J. Rooney of the Steelers here taking in the ball game. And then he'll swing around and pick up a little of his own football club a little later on as they go at it. Ball, two strike two down in Houston. Here's the 2-2 delivery now to Alou. And a breaking ball. He fouls it back. A changeup this time. And the count holding a 2-2. Congratulations to Pitt, to West Virginia, and to Penn State. And of the three, of course, that naturally Pitt's very delighted over their big victory, but West Virginia must have really strapped it on at Illini Ball Club. They were heavily the underdogs in that game, and Danny Bugs got loose on the rug and went scampering in for the points that took it all down. Ball two, strike two to Alou. And the pitch. And a curveball hammered way down the left field line, and I don't like, Nelly, to see somebody fouling off so many pitches. Sure, Jim Rickard, not too crazy about it either, Robert. 
What was your attitude as a pitcher when a man started to foul you off a lot of times, Nelly? Did you have a, a, a mental thing about it? Did something go through your mind when the man kept fouling off, fouling off? Well, it became a pretty good battle with you. It kept spoiling your pitches. And, uh... and there's a smack to shortstop. Maxwell comes up. The ball was hit solidly. Yes, Nelly? really bothered me to the point where I get overly concerned about it, to be honest with you. You're just trying to find some combination of pitches where you could set a guy up and maybe get him out. But you go through those situations a couple of times during the year, but it's not that prevalent. I don't think it really has as much of a mental effect on a pitcher. All right, here now is Ron Woods, a center fielder, batting at 236 with three homers and 31 runs batted in. I got this thing finally adjusted here. I don't know. It's sliding all over my ball spot. <laughs> Talking about the apparatus that holds the dingers in which we speak. Ball one to right in batting Ron Woods. Here's the 1-0. And a ball punched off the right side. Down goes uh, Cash for the ball and throws him out. So it's two down. Nobody on, and Bob Bailey the batter at 275. 26 homers and 86 runs batted in. There are so many combinations involved to keep the Pirates playing around here that will just not work with too many of them, other than to say that if the Mets lose two and we win here, or then we got a magic number of two, but uh, we'll play tomorrow against San Diego. If the Mets lose two and we lose today and the Cardinals lose, they lose two and we win, we'll play San Diego. And if they win a pair, we can forget no matter what we do. Not really, because they got two more they can lose. Huh? No, I guess I am. Keeping both of them, yeah. If I if we win, why, we'll play tomorrow. Yeah. So the pitch is low ball, too. That's the thing to do right now is win, and I imagine San Diego sitting out there saying, well, let's see, it's a quarter to two here, quarter to 11 there in the morning. They're just getting up saying, don't tell me we got to come to Pittsburgh. I think they're rooting for Montreal, San Diego. I will stand corrected. If the Mets win two, yeah. we're out of it, okay? Right. But if they lose one, then we win, we have to, we play, have to tomorrow. play tomorrow. That's correct. Ball three and no strike pitch to Bailey. And a strike on the corner. Andy Olson behind the plate. Crawford at first. Pelicudas at second. Harvey at third. This umpiring crew here undoubtedly will remain over in the event that uh, just on a logistics problem, the crew is here. Bailey has walked by Rooker. So we'll know more before this afternoon is over. We'll be able to give you a pretty good idea about whether we're going to play tomorrow. And if we do, it'll be at 135. I asked Art uh, Rodson what uh, San Diego is doing. He said Fuzzy Bavese told him to go to the airport this morning and hang around in the lobby until we find out what happens in that first game in Chicago. And if the Mets lose the thing, why, they're going to have to start flying. Yeah, they can get their good little old sourdough bread and come on in with it. Call them and get these case of Laura Scudder peanut butter. Here's Hal Breeden, the first baseman up there. He's a toughie. He's had a lot to do with the resurgence of the uh, Montreal club. He's platooned by uh, Gene Mock, takes it outside for a ball, and on top of which he took a lot of weight off. He really is in uh, great condition. 
Throw it to first and Bailey. Rooker's delivery in there for a call. Strike one and one. Two down, Bailey at first and no score. By the way, uh, Bob, uh, Eddie Casco is fired today, and Daryl Johnson has taken his job for next year. You mean the designated hitter? No. No. There's a ball hit off the glove of Henry. Leaps high to get to it. Stodgill running over to get to the ball. He comes up firing, and they're going to have a double by Braden. I don't know whether Hebner could have gotten that one or not. He leaped, I thought, if he was to have gotten it, a little uh, prematurely. And as he seemed to me that as the ball went over his glove, he was on his way down rather than on his way up. I mean, that was a tough one to play. I'm not... Uh, I'm just saying that if he was to get it, it seems to me it was to have been on the up part of the leap rather than coming down. So Breeden has a double, and Stodgill dug it out of there in a whale of a hurry to hold it to just that. And the right fielder Singleton now standing in, batting at 300, 23 homers, 103 runs batted in. Pennsylvania. Many years this group been attending ball games and, and Newt Johnson, former Mayor Bouguet, and Joseph Bianchi, and ladies and their enthusiasm for baseball are all down here. Many of them have seen the games going back to the days of Honus Wagner. And it's nice to have Mrs. Rose Bianchi, Rose Wilson, Georgette Del Verney, and uh, Christina Johnson all here rooting for the Bucks today. Now the walk to Singleton is the second in the inning, and the bases are now loaded with two down to the catcher John Bacabella, batting at 228, seven homers, and 45 runs batted in. Two away and no score. But the Expos threatened here. Started off innocently enough, Alou and Woods finally grounding out. Bailey drew a walk, and Hal Breeden hit a double just over third. And now the walk to Singleton to load him up. So Bacabella, wide open stance. Outfield swung left the pitch, and it's outside ball one. One ball and no strikes. Rooker again ready, the 1-0 pitch, and it's beat foul off third past Davey Bristol. Wedding anniversary greetings of 59th to Mitchell and Mrs. Leslie E. Riggle of Shakora, and get wells to John Schweitzer in West Midland. A lot of birthdays, we'll feed them in uh, without interrupting the flow of the play-by-play. Expos have two on, or three on here in the first inning with two out, no score. Jim Rucker trying to get out of this gym with John Bacabella. I need one ball, one strike count to him. Now the pitch. And a swing and a miss. And he looked like he tried to go off the right side with that one, one and two. doesn't score in the seventh, and the Cubs now bat. Matt Lack and Russell in that one, no score in the bottom of the seventh, game one at Chicago. One ball and two strikes to Macabella. 
Bases loaded, two out, no score, first inning. Rooker's into the windup. The left-hander comes down, fastball outside, bouncing out of the mid of uh, Sanguin, popping harmlessly off to the right. Ball, two strike two. Let's not get to a 3-2 count on this guy if we can help it. Let those runners get that extra edge. Ball two, strike two. And a 2-2 delivery. He stuck him out swinging on a high fastball. And that retires the side. No runs, one hit, no errors, and three men left. And we go to the bottom of the first. There is no score. McAnally, 7-8 on the year. Bailey, Foley, Frias, and Breed in the infield. Alula Woods single in the outfield. Bacabella behind the plate. We send some happy birthdays along here before the play gets underway. There's no score as we go to the bottom of the first. A 15th to Jeannie Barsh of Etna, to Carmen Fusillo of East Liberty, to Edna Volk. A 22nd to Kenneth Flynn, a 92nd to Mrs. Jesse Cress of Conoquinessing. An 84th to Minnie Stood in Derry. A 72nd to Johnny Falk in Negley, Ohio. A happy birthday to Mrs. Clarence Maxwell in New Kensington. And a happy 86th to Mrs. Victoria Miller of Castle Shannon. An 83rd to Louis Bakke in Steubenville. A 78th to Myrtle Shaw. A 13th to Mary Teresa Schuler. And a 90th to Melissa Lipsinger. An 86th to George Kasurik in Mount Lebanon. A 65th to Mrs. Pearl Baker. A 15th to Chris Shea in Western West Virginia, and an 85th to Harry J. Beck in Pittsburgh. Happy birthday, and many more to all of you listening in. All right, here we go now, and it is McNally, McAnally on the mound, a right-hander, and Dave Cash batting at 269, two homers and 30 runs batted in. Radio Rich informs that the Chicago Cubs have not scored a run in uh, the last 24 innings. And Cash bangs it sharply off shortstop side. Foley is up and throws low, held by Breeden, one out. They were shut out twice by the Cardinals. The Cubs were and have not scored in the front six, so it's 24 scoreless innings, and Prince's hidden vigorous ought to be taken over pretty soon. It's about time the Cubs punched a run out there somewhere. Center fielder Gene Kleins at 268, one homer and 23 runs batted in. Outfield will play him fairly straight out. McAnally, the right-hander, comes down. Kleins punches a foul up along first. It's going to drift up over the dugout. And the count now, nothing and one. Eddie Dunn, retired after the football season, honored here today, a great grounds crewman and a great man. We'll miss Eddie. Now the Cubs don't score, and it's nothing, nothing into seven. Mets batting in the eighth. Cash a swing, strike two on the McAnally sinker. Ball inside, one ball and two strikes. Rock, rock. 
Delivered outside for a ball two and two. The Mets must be kicking up a fuss because Locker is now pitching in relief of Russell in the eighth inning for Chicago. Ball two, strike two. Gene Klein's the batter. One out and on, no score. First inning. Here comes the pitch. Inside, all the way to the backstop. Did it hit off his bat? Was it foul or what? We'll wait until we see a call from the plate umpire. It might have kicked off Gene's bat. If that's the case, the count holds at two and two. sign now it's three and two that's the first base umpire I picked him up Crawford was trying to indicate to Andy Olson that it was ball three and it was not a foul ball so it's a three and two count here's the pitch and a swing and a foul back Shag just uh, looking down the line to him just made a very brief sign now he's coming up to check he wants to be sure that uh, the count is three and two Made a very brief sign to Andy Olson. Was that ball foul or was it one? And Olson immediately then went to a 3 2, 3 and 1 count. Now here's the pitch and it's stuck. Three swinging. All right, two down to Al Oliver batting at 290, 20 homers, 97 run batted in. Here's Al Oliver. He was honored today by the Big Brothers of America. And he is everything that you say he can be when you call him a big brother. He's all of that. He's a fine gentleman. He's had the care and of his younger brother when uh, the youngster really needed the mother and father and didn't have one because of death, early deaths in their family. Al bounces in one hopper back to McAnally, and he is thrown out. So at the end of one inning, no score here. No score into the top of the second, and while we have a few moments, let's take 10 seconds of those moments for station identification on the Pirate Baseball Network. It's a special team for a special place. You're listening to Pirate Baseball on KDKA Pittsburgh. Second inning, it'll be Foley, Pepe Frias, and Ernie McAnally. That'll be going at it. Very warm, pleasant, autumnal day here. As the Bucks have to win this one and hope out on the West that the Cubs will do something. They've switched off Russell in the eighth inning to Bob Locker, so the Mets could be kicking up a little bit of a ruckus there in the first game. Here's the pitch now, and Foley bounces a one-hopper down to Hebner. He throws him out. One away, and second baseman Pepe Frias standing in at 233, no homers, and two runs, 22 runs batted in. Frank Oshry, now the, the big mogul of Lowe's Lafont, the newest hotel and acquisition of the Lowe's people in Washington, D.C. He's a Pittsburgher. Sir, visiting and watching the ball game and hoping he'll be able to stay here and see one tomorrow in the championship series. And take some doing, but it's mathematically possible. 
Rucker goes to the second baseman, Pepe Frias, who takes it outside for a ball. He's a right-hand batter. Mock was, as we said earlier, not at all certain that uh, Rooker was sound. Foul back, and he had, just sitting on the bench with him, and he, I, he asked the question, I said, I suppose you've got two lineups. And he pulled them right out, he says, there's the Rooker lineup, and there's the Blast lineup. And Blast had gone down there earlier and had thrown a little bit while Rooker was throwing. So Jim must said he's all right. Here's a 1-1. Curve one -one. dropped in beautifully for a call strike. Ball one strike two to Pepe Frias. One out and one on in the second no score. Curve ball beat weakly off towards second. Cash comes up to meet it. Snaps his throw to her. Ernie McAnally, batting at 188, the pitcher, standing in, two down, none on, no score. from uh, Montreal. A ball inside, two balls and a strike. Ball two, strike one, one out, or two out, and then on. Outfield to McAnally playing around to the left. All right, the 2-1 delivery. Swing on a fastball, he fouled it straight back. Count out now to two and two. strikes. And two out and on, no score, second inning. Rooker back to McAnally, and there's a ball punched up toward Dave Cash. He's got it, and that'll retire the side. Three up and three down. At the end of one and a half, there is no score. Pirate Baseball has been brought to you by Atlantic Richfield <laughs> Company. Your host now is Foodland Market. Say Foodland is your land and you land plenty. Robert, what do you do to me? Well, Bobby Riggs sent me some high karate, and I thought we'd both put it on and see if we can get lucky. <laughs> Anyhow, let's take 20 seconds and think about that for our local station. <laughs> Cubs fought the New York Mets in the eighth inning. They haven't scored there. Nothing, nothing into the bottom of the eighth. Now it's Locker against uh, Matlock. Stodgill swings, and he fouls a curveball away. They do not overshift on Stodgill with Gene Mockman in the ball club. They hold Foley off to the left side because they know Stodgill goes over that way a lot. If they overshift, Mock figures that he'll base hit out that way. That's one of the reasons why Stodgill leads the major leagues in doubles, because he's taken advantage of that shift and gone that way. 
Needs two more to become all-time, I guess, Pirate uh, double-hitter. Takes a fastball inside, a ball, one-and-one. Last home run, Willie hit. He hit off this fella. Why not hit another one? Hey, it went out of there, too, didn't it? Sure did. If it hadn't hit the scoreboard, I think it might have still been going. The one-one pitch. And a hammering swing by Wilbur. Ball one and strike two. Well, Nelly, you and I don't get to vote, but by golly, I'll tell you, if this guy isn't an MVP or I'm going to quit. Here's the one-two pitch. And he hits the straightaway deep to left center. Ron Woods is going to be over on the warning track to get it. And there's one out. Now listen to Bill Christine on with John Signal last night, and Bill felt that Stargell had an excellent chance to win it on account of the fact that they feel that many of the writers will split their votes for Rose and Morgan. But he also, without any question, went on to point out that uh, Hebner, I mean, that uh, as Hebner comes to the plate, that Stargell on his own is going to get a lot of votes. He's really done a job. Here's a pitch, and Hebner jams it down toward uh, Pepe Frias, who throws on to Breeden, the two away. Now, right field to Richie Zisk. Hebner's batting helmet almost took the head off of uh, home plate umpire there, Andy Olsen. He didn't want to came flying by. Richie threw the helmet farther than he hit the ball. Richie Ziss, the batter, at 321. Nine homers. McAnally fastball low, ball one. McAnally back with a fastball, this time pumped to the foul side of first and a count of one ball and one strike. The Galbraith family here, the Johnson family. This is a big game. A win for Pittsburgh totally annihilates Montreal. If the Cardinals win today, it puts Montreal out of the race, too. For this to be a five-team tie, Montreal has to beat us today. we got to beat San Diego tomorrow. And Montreal, of course, uh, there's a high fly out in the right center, very deep. Ron Woods is back in the shadow along with Singleton, and it'll be Woods, the center fielder, will get it. The Cardinals have to lose, and the Cubs have to sweep the Mets. That's the only way you can get a five-teamer. So at the end of two innings here, there is no score. <laughs> Third inning, we'll find Philippe Alou, Ron Woods, and Bob Bailey batting against Jim Rooker in a scoreless ball game. Rooker pitched out of trouble in the first inning with the bases loaded. He struck out John Bacabella. He has really picked up the slack this year, winning nine and losing six, but uh, as a starting pitcher, his record much better than it might indicate with a nine and six mark. He has been a very consistent pitcher in the last five weeks. Jack Billingham pitching for Cincinnati today. Chance to win 20 games. He'll be going against Ron Bryant, the only 20-game winner in the National League with 23. Alan Foster will pitch for St. Louis this afternoon. Jim Lonborg going for the Philadelphia Phillies. Cardinals on a real hot streak are finishing the season very strong. They still have a chance to win it. Their record, uh, 80 and 81, 
They're just a game and a half behind the New York Mets, who are still scoreless after eight innings of play in Chicago. They're in the bottom of the eighth. That's what the Cubs batting. Matlack going for New York. Rick Russell started. Bob Locker replaced him in the eighth inning. They've got another doubleheader tomorrow. And we could be playing San Diego here tomorrow afternoon at 1.35. A lot of ifs about that, but it is a possibility. And we could be playing on Tuesday, too. There's a lot more possibilities on that one. And we get a win here this afternoon. No score, Philippe Lou grounded to shortstop Dal Maxwell his first time up. He takes a strike, cracking fastball by Jim. Philippe was acquired from the New York Yankees a couple of weeks ago. Been playing baseball for a number of years. I think he started his minor league career about 57, 58. High fly off the right side. Oliver at first base is going to make the play. In fair territory, run down. Center fielder Ron Woods batting second will step in. First time up, he grounded out to Dave Cash. Woods, another uh, Yankee. He was acquired in the trade that sent Ron Swoboda. You remember him to the Yankees? Woods deep in the box, a closed stance, almost out of the batter's box. Sank in, the catcher. Powell back out of play. No balls and one strike. Good group on hand here today. Good crowd of about 35 or so. George Salem, good pirate fan from Johnstown, bringing a group down of 250 or more. The 0-1 pitch, grounded up the middle. Fine play by Ricker. Knocks it down, not actually down. Hung in a webbing of the glove, and he throws on to first base lead. Good play by Jim. The ball gets by him. It's a sure base hit. The two up, two down on the third inning. That's the way Rooker opened the ball game. But he walked Bailey. Breeden got a double and singled and intentionally walked. And then he worked out of it by striking out Bacabella with the bases loaded. Bailey having a big year. 26 home runs, 86 RBIs. He's hitting at 275. The wind-up in the pitch by Rooker is a fastball taken, strike one. Jim's fastball running away from the right-handed batter. It's a good curveball that he works in there and also a hard slider. The 0-1 pitch, curve, swung on and missed, strike two. A lot of banners unfurled. A small one, but very descriptive out in left center field, night near the flagpole. Picture Willie Sturgeon, Willie is our king. The 0-2 pitch. Fastball away, one ball and two straight. No score, two down in the third inning. Expos and the Pirates trying to stay alive. Curveball hits to third. Hebner backpedaling a bit has it. He goes on to first base. That'll retire the upstairs in order. Well, we go to the bottom of the third inning. And there is no score.
Well, this is Fan Appreciation Day, and a good crowd on Anfield, and just a perfectly beautiful afternoon. Saggy and Maxfield and Hooker will bat for the Pirates in the bottom of the third, and they said the Bucks try to stay alive in this wild Eastern Division race. Unbelievable finish with five teams on the final day of the season. As it turns out, the final regularly scheduled day, but they'll be playing tomorrow. Five teams still have a chance for a tie. The play hasn't been that excellent, but it sure has been exciting and uh, tension back the last month. Sagian takes a fastball from McAnally down low, ball one. McAnally and Rinko, Cupper of former New York Met farm hands who started as infielders or outfielders, turned to pitching, have done very well. This guy has a fine arm. The 1-0 pitch. He is right on the corner, taken by Sangi. One ball and one strike. Manny batting at 282. 12 home runs. He's driven in 65. McAnally's 1-1 pitch to Sangi and foul. Back into the crowd. The count, 1-2. and two. Sangian with 26 doubles ties his uh, personal season high and uh, has hit more home runs this year than ever, but his average has dipped considerably. Powell's at the feet of the catcher, Bacabella, the count one and two. Expos with a left-hander going against them have uh, some right-handed batters in there. Lou Woods and Singleton in the outfield. Bailey Foley, Prius, and Breeden in the infield. New second baseman and first baseman. A new left and center fielder. The one-two pitch. Fouled again. Out of play. The count one and two on Sangi. Pirates lost Friday night. Was, I guess the real damaging one of all of the recent ones. The game they gave away and really made it difficult for any chance of uh, staying in the race, but they are still alive. The wind-up on the 1-2 pitch to Manny. Rounded right back to the mound. Buck uh, McAnally's got him. One down. To bring up Dal Maxwell, the shortstop, who's hitting at 192, no home runs, driven in 17. Cincinnati playing today has a chance to wind up with 100 wins. What a year they've had. Pitch up high. Sparky Anderson has a pretty good leg up on manager of the year. The 1-0 pitch, down low, two balls and no strikes. Reds are 99 and 62. Thirty-seven over five hundred. Fastball in at the knees, taken by Maxi. Strike one. The amazing thing that on July 1st the Reds were only two games under over five hundred. Tells you what kind of a second half they've had. Foul on a breaking ball off the first base side. The count two and two. Yeah. 
The 2-2 pitch. Down low. Full count of three and two. One down on the Pirates' third inning. No score in the ballgame. Ernie McAnally and Jim Rucker dueling. Here's a payoff pitch to Maxie. Fouled out of play. First base side. Only one club over 500 in the Eastern Division. That's New York. Two games over. St. Louis and the Pirates, the only ball club that have a chance to finish at 500. They both have lost 81, but they have to keep winning. Line drive right back to McAnally. He's got it. Ball is hit directly into his glove. He didn't know he had it. He threw the ball over to Bailey to try to throw it around the infield, and he threw it out in the left field. He a little excited about things. But a very fine play on a line drive. Two down, and it brings up Jim Rucker. The Cubs have taken a 1-0 lead after eight innings of play. And that score goes up on the board. Going to get a pretty good hand on it. Chicago leads 1-0. It keeps a few things alive. Like the Pirates, like the Expos, like the Cubs, and St. Louis. Bob Locker will pitch the ninth inning against the Mets. They have a doubleheader to go tomorrow. We're honored with the presence of Marie Torrey here this afternoon. Enjoying the beautiful, beautiful fall Sunday afternoon weather. Rooker batting at 217 has had 10 hits and 46 at bats. He's driven in two runs. Said he's going to hit a home run sometime in the National League. He hit about six or seven over the American. It'd be a good day to do it. McAnally was tough up in Montreal. Allowed only one run. That was a home run by Stargell. We got the other two off the Tom Walker in relief. Winning three to nothing. Rooker fouls back onto the screen. Strike one. The 0-1 pitch, low and inside, one ball and one strike. The 1-1 delivery in the dirt bounces all the way to the backstop, and the count goes to two balls and a strike on Rooker. Radio Rich going to give him a call in Chicago to see how things are going. Well, the announcement on the diagram, the Cubs lead the Mets. One to nothing after eight innings. You better believe the Expos are looking at that board, too. Wind up in the 2-2 delivery. Curveball, he started to go, but checked off. The count is full at 3-2. And, Foul tip dropped by Bacabella. Here's a payoff pitch again. And this one foul back. The shadows starting to lengthen here already as the fall season upon us has that uh, World Series type of atmosphere. And the games have been close to that the last week or so. Fastball, he hit Rooker with it. And he got hit on the left arm. Oh, he is mad. 
McAnally laid one in there right on the fist, and he hits uh, Rooker on the right forearm. He was angry. Man, he threw his batting helmet down. The other cap popped out of it. He didn't say anything, but he was just annoyed at getting hit. He's going to first base. That'll bring up Dave Cash, the first base runner for the Pirates. Rooker taking a leisurely stroll down there. Two outs in the top of the ninth inning for New York. They have a runner at second base against Bob Walker. They're going to get a jacket for Rooker. Ken Boswell pinch hitting for Jerry Grody with two down. The Cubs leading one to nothing in the ninth inning. Who's at second, Rich? You got a runner at second, but who it is, we don't know. But that's the tying run at second base in Chicago with two down. Boswell pinch hitting for Jerry Grody. The Cubs lead one to nothing. That's the first of a doubleheader. Here's a pitch to Cash, and it's inside, taken by Dave, strike one. Just caught the inside corner. Cash didn't think so. Andy Olson, the home plate umpire. Shag Crawford at first. Chris Pelicutis is at second. Doug Harvey is at third. The 0-1 pitch, swing and a miss by Cash, strike two. Here's the 0-2 pitch to Cash. He struck him out. That ends the inning. No runs, no hits, no errors, and one left. We've completed three, and there is no score. Foodland Markets have presented Pirate Baseball. We continue now with baseball brought to you by your Pirate Land Chrysler Plymouth dealer, who reminds you now is the time to check out the beautiful new 1974 Superstar Chryslers and Plymouth. Now, Radio Rich in telephone contact with uh, Chicago. They're in the ninth inning, a runner at second base, Ken Boswell, pinch hitting for Jerry Grody. The Cubs scored in the bottom of the eighth inning on an errant play by Matlack. He tried to get the out at second base on a sacrifice attempt. He didn't get it on a fielder's choice. They hit runners at first and second. And Ron Sato came through with a key base hit to drive in a run. Boswell has walked putting runners at first and second. Walker still pitching. And Ed Cranepool will pinch hit for Bud Harrelson. Ed Cranepool pinch hitting for Bud Harrelson with runners at first and second, two down, and the Cubs leading one to nothing. We've got no score here. We're in the fourth inning, and the leadoff batter is Hal Breeden, the first baseman. He's had the only hit of the afternoon. That was a double down the left field line. Rooker was hit on the arm, but it appeared to be the right forearm, not his pitching arm, the left arm. Here's the pitch by Rooker. Fastball bounced up the middle to his left. His Maxwell gets it, throws on to first. He's got him. Good play by Maxwell. He just got by Rooker and was not hit sharply enough to get through the middle of the infield as Maxwell made a fine play, ranging behind second base to get the out. 
That'll bring up Kenny Sigelin, switch hitter. He's batting right-handed. He drew an intentional walk in the first inning with first base open after the double by Breeden. And the strategy worked as Rooker struck out John Bacabella. Singleton hitting even 300, 23 home runs, 103 runs, knocked in. He scored 99. Fastball is in there, taking strike one. Very interesting interview of this fellow following the long game yesterday and last night. Attended Hofstra University on a basketball scholarship. And baseball is the sport he wanted to play. One ball and one strike. Here's the 1-1 pitch to Singleton. Curve down low. Two balls and a strike. Count on Ed Cranepool is strike one with runners at first and second out there and the Cubs leading one to nothing. It's all over. The New York Mets have lost the first game one to nothing. The Cubs beat the Mets one to nothing. Foul back out of play. And the crowd down below only has some transistors tuned in. Strap it on them. What do you say? We're still alive. The pulse is beating, Robert. we got to do some winning here, though. We've lost three in a row. The Expos have been a tough ball club. The count two and two on Kenny Singleton. That's the 79th loss by New York. Ground ball up the middle, past Maxwell, base hit by Singleton. And that guy's unbelievable the number of times he's been on base this year. He's going to wind up close to 300 times on base. That's with walks, hits, and hit by pitches. Single brings up John Bacabella. He struck out with the bases loaded in the first inning. Pirates back for the double play. Pitch outside, ball one on Bacabella. Pitch, Singleton's going. The ball is lined up the middle. Base hit. Singleton round second. He's on his way to third. Klein picks it up. He hustles into second base. And the Expos have something going with the runners at first and third. One down. Foley will be the batter. Pirates now need the double play ball. Rooker touch for back-to-back -back singles. Both well hit. And we're getting some activity in the pirate bullpen. A phone ringing, I believe, out there. Looks like some stirring. Nobody's starting to throw. Just a flurry of activity. Foley bounced to Hebner in the second inning. He pops on the right field. It's deep enough. It should get a run in. Zisk is going to make the play, however. Here's a throw to the plate. It is online. Is it in time? It isn't. He scores. Moving into second, Bacabella. 
The Expos lead one to nothing. Very good throw by Ziss, but the speed of Singleton just beating the play. And Bacabella moved into scoring position. Now brings up Pepe Frios, the second baseman. Now the Expos, as they have been doing, moving out in front here, leading one to nothing. Frios hitting a 233, right-handed batter. Bounce to second baseman Dave Kent. Bacabello with some good base running, moved into scoring position. Freya swings in a ball with foul tipped off the shin guards of Sangin. Strike one. Pirate bats have been mighty silent ever since we left uh, Montreal, except for that one 13 run performance against the Philadelphia Phillies. Pitching, however, has, uh, despite the fact it's been rather thin this year, pitched fairly well. We just have not hit at all. The 0-1 pitch, fly ball, left center field. That should be the final out, drifting over his schedule. He's calling for it. Well, he's got it. That'll retire the side, but the Expos take the lead. One run on a couple of hits, no errors, and one left. We go to the bottom of the fourth. And the Expos lead one to nothing. Well, the crowd here between innings uh, getting the score. Those who didn't hear it on their transistors that the Cubs beat the New York Mets one to nothing in the front ball game. Now the record now of New York, 80 wins, 79 defeats. The Cardinals playing this afternoon against the Phillies with Foster going against Lonborg have won 80 and lost 81. The Pirates are 79 and 81. Montreal 79 and 82. Chicago now. It's 77 and 82. Now the Cubs are three games out, and they have three games remaining with New York. And if they can win those three, they'll wind up tied with the uh, New York Mets. But if the Cardinals win, they can win everything should the Cubs sweep New York. Because the Cardinals have lost 81 games, and the Pirates have only lost 81. If the Pirates have to win here, in this, this afternoon's final game with Montreal. Cardinals got a big win yesterday with Bob Gibson coming off the disabled list in his first time out, picking up a victory. Lead-off batter for the Pirates, trailing by a run, Gene Klein. He struck out in the first inning. Curveball up high, ball one. The magic number still stays at two for the Pirates. So the Mets losing in that first game. Crowd getting a little bit enthusiastic here. Curve on the corner taken by Gene. The count one and one. The one one pitch. Added to third, it's foul. Roy Girella has just kicked a field goal in the second quarter at Houston, and they lead three to nothing. It's been a tough park for the Steelers. I think they've only scored about three touchdowns in the last three or four years there. Very hard field, tough playing surface. The one-two pitch, check swing, foul. The count, one and two. 
Ray Mansfield said it's like playing on Route 66 down there. That's about as good a description as you can get. The one-two delivery to Gene Klein's line shot on one hop to off the leg of Foley. Cam Deloitte on and Klein's has got a single. Foley throws out to first base after Klein's rounded the bag, had no play there. That's ruled as an error on the shortstop, Tim Foley. But a sharply hit ball, just about ate him up. the Pirates get a runner on to open up the fourth inning, and it brings up Al Oliver. He bounced out to the pitcher, Eddie McAnally, to end the first inning. Fastball is taken by Al, strike one. Expo shading a bit to left field with center fielder Ron Woods a step or two into left center field. But the right fielder, Singleton, pretty much uh, straight away. Gap, if any place, is in right center. The runner's going. The ball is down low. Bacabella's throw is not in time. Klein steals second. Klein red is in scoring position. The Expos out in front, one to nothing, but the error by Foley is steal of second. As a tying run in scoring position, the count one on one on Al Oliver. Scoops with 97 RBI. We'll look at second. McAnally's pitch is lined to left field, flashing away from a little. It's a base hit. It runs in. It gets all the way to the wall. Oliver's got a double for sure. We've got a tie game 1 1. Way to go, Scoops. Good crowd on hand, and I'll tell you, it's loaded with Pirates fans here this afternoon. And this is the first time in a while, Bob, that this crowd has come alive in this ballpark in the month of September. But they're getting a fever with the way things are happening out in Chicago with the Mets losing out there. We're still alive. Yes, we certainly are very much alive, and uh, now with a chance as Marcus come out and the Cardinals meanwhile are beating the Phillies one nothing. If the Cardinals win that game, they eliminate the Montreal Ball Club today, no matter what Montreal does here. And that would then reduce it down to a four team possibility. That double by Oliver is his second uh he's second, I should say, in doubles in the major leagues. He has thirty seven, Stargill has forty three. There's a doggone many combinations on this four-way tie and whether we play tomorrow and whether we don't play tomorrow. And Nelly and I are not going to confuse you with that just yet. I'll get the guy warming up for you, Nelly. All right, Willie Stargell, the batter with the first base open. They'll be pitching to him. They have the shift on. Frios has moved into Steve Rinko throwing. He started the other night here. Well, Mark knows this is a needed ball game. Willie takes the fastball, strike one. Foley, the shortstop, is playing directly behind the runner, about 5, 10 feet on the third base side of second. 
The second baseman, Pepe Frios, a good 30 feet in the right field. And the outfield pinched in towards center field. They're giving both lines. Throw to second base, back in time, Oliver. And of a off the wrong foot girlish toss by the pitcher, Ernie McEnany. The look there, the pitch to Woolley. Curve outside, one ball, one strike. That run Chicago scored in the eighth inning is their first run in 25 innings. It's, that hidden vigorous was due to come around sometime, and Matlack hadn't lost in quite a while either, Nelly. You begin to believe you're vigorous yeah. here. <laughs> we have one in three days. We're about due. The one-one pitch. Down low, Willie didn't offer it. Two balls and a strike. McAnally pitching a bit more carefully here. Line score on the Cub game, one run, five hits, one error. Sando drove in the winning run. New York, no runs, eight hits, no errors. Locker, the winner, 10 and 6. Matlack, the loser, 14 and 16. We're tied here, 1-1. Nobody down. In the fourth inning, Oliver at second to go ahead run. Stargell fouls back into the booth. And Frank Piskanek, who makes his first appearance mm -hmm. in the Pirate booth, has himself a souvenir. And he gave it to his daughter right away, Karen. Daughter Leslie up there, I thought she was going to get one. I hope she doesn't get him in her beautiful teeth because she's got a <laughs> set of choppers. The look at second and Oliver. The count is 2 2 on Willie. Another peak by McAnally and the pitch. He struck him up. Stargell goes down swinging. Yeah, the runner stays at second and the batter is heavy. Big strikeout for McAnally. Keeps the runner at second base. Third strikeout. Hebner bounced out to second baseman Pepe Frios for his first time up. McAnally, a tough guy to pull with that sinking fastball. Oliver at second base says Frios is picked right behind him. And they will now intentionally walk Hebner and take their chances with Ricky Zook. time they pitched around Hebner to get the Zisk was up in Montreal when Mike Torres did it, Bob. And as I recall, it loaded the bases. And Zisk did his first grand slam. He hit the ball well his first time up, as Bob described in the second inning, setting Woods on the warning track in deep center field. Only one down. Mock setting it up to... The righty against righty possibility and also keeps the double play possibility alive with Hebner on at first base. Cardinals leading the Phillies one to nothing. Keep in mind that they are tied with the Pirates in the lost column. And also Nelly too, if they win their game, they eliminate Montreal no matter what they do to us here. I'll tell you, this has been the doggondest uh, gut buster in quite a while, and it gets butterflies in your tummy on games like these. Oliver at second base, Hebner at first, this the batter with one down. We're tied 1-1 in the fourth inning. The Cubs have beaten the Mets in the first game of their doubleheader. Ball hit in the hole, it's on through. Oliver's out in third. Here's the play by Lou. It is not in time. The Pirates lead 2-1. to one. 
strategy did not work. Gene Mock playing for the double play possibility. It almost did. The ball had eyes. Went right between Bailey and Foley on in the left field. And this picked up his 51st RBI on the fire lead to the one. And it brings up Manistagia with a runner Hebner in scoring position at second. This gone at first. The Expos pick a 1-0 lead. And about that time, it was flashed on the board that the Cubs had beaten the Mets and the Pirates have come back with two to take the lead here 2-1. This is going to be quite an afternoon of baseball. Stay with us. We'll keep you up to date on all the scores. Sangi does not offer the curveball outside ball one. He'll be hooked into St. Louis a little bit later on, too, as that game develops. No, we keep saying we're not going to have a game with, we will have a game with San Diego if the Mets lose two and we lose today. Supposing we win and the Mets split, they say there's no game with San Diego tomorrow. But if the Cubs should take New York the next two, no game if there's a split. If we lose, yeah. we'd, we'd, we'd have 82 losses. And if we get 82 losses, we're out of it. Other than the Mets have to lose two. Pitch is down low on Sagi, and the count is three balls and no straight. My point is, it says here, if we lose, well, if we win, we're going to be 80-82, aren't we? No, we'd be 80-81. 80-81. And the Mets could split today and then lose the next two tomorrow. Now where do they put it? That's what I'm trying to figure out. And Sagian takes a strike. He started down to first base and comes back following a bit at Andy Olsen. Not that loud, but he made it known to Olsen. He didn't think that was a strike. Make him pay for it, Sagi. The count three and one. Maxwell, the on-deck batter with Hebner at second. Zisk at first. The Pirates lead 2-1 fourth inning. Here's the pitch. He is in there taking strike two. Well, John Signy ought to be happy. He's taking a 3-1 pitch. Sanguin with a count of three and two. See if the runners will be going. Hebner at second, Zisk at first. Throw over and back in time is this. They had the pickoff play at first base. Mock has a lot of plays and they work on these things consistently in spring training. You probably have more pickoff plays than anybody in the league. The count, 3-2. The runner is not going. Sagian hits off uh, the third base side. It's a fair ball. Bailey, no. It just curls foul right at the bag. Bailey came in quick enough to get the ball, but it was curling foul, and he let it go. And they want another baseball, which Sagian does. Sagian claims the ball hit him on the foot, too, and he wants to see if it has a mark on it. Is that bothers a ball player when that little black spot comes rolling up in their eyes. I thought, too, the ball looked like it did bounce off his foot. That's why I was wondering why they were going to make a play on the ball, but uh, you can't take make that assumption if you're standing at home plate in a game like this. Count of three and two. On that pitch, the runners were not going. Hebner at second. This gives it uh, first base. Pirates lead 2-1. Here's the pitch to Sangi. He is outside. Ball four. He lost him. That's his second walk of the inning. 
Still only one out. Val Maxwell will not bat here. Danny Murta for the first time in a long while early in the ballgame, and it shows you the importance of this game now, is going to the left-handed hitting Dave Parker. He'll pinch it for Dal Maxwell. They will see a few more changes before this game runs its course, I'll tell you. Nelly, also the importance of it. Stoneman is up now, and a guy by the name of Mike Marshall, and this is only the uh, bottom of the fourth, so Mark has uh, all winter to think about it, too, doesn't he? There ain't no tomorrow, if you'll pardon the bad grammar. Parker yesterday against Mike Marshall almost tied the ball game. We thought he had a home run. He was hit so well the right field, but the conditions yesterday, rather murky and overcast, might have uh, kept the ball in play, but he sent the right fielder, Ron Woods at that time, back on the warning track to get it at the wall. There was a runner on base at the time. Parker hitting at 283, four home runs, he's driven in 12. He replaces Dal Maxwell as a pinch hitter. Hernandez, I would assume, is going to play short. Base is loaded with only one down. The Expos have the infield up at third, back at first, and about halfway at short in second. Swing and a miss on a fastball. He just blew it right past him, strike one. Fly ball will give us a run here. A base hit should give us two. From the stretch, the 0-1 pitch. Lined right up the middle, bounces off the mound. Three out, can't get a one run in. Two runs are in. Sangi is at third, and the Pirates lead 4-1. vision. That thing got everything but a glove getting on through there. About time we got one of them, Nelly. I'll tell you, Bob, I thought we were going to get beat on the ball because it was hit sharply, but it hit the side of the hill and slowed it down enough where Pepe Friar thought he had a play on the ball, but he just couldn't reach it. And they want the big guy. They want Steve Renko, Bob. Yeah, they have signaled from the bullpen that he's available and they'll be getting him. Now the situation gets a little more on the tenth side as the Pirates have a lead of 4-1. to And here they're putting up on the board. A game will be played here tomorrow with San Diego at 135 if the Mets lose their doubleheader and the Pirates win today. Or if the Mets split and the Pirates win. Or the Mets lose their doubleheader and the Pirates and the Cardinals also lose. I thought that they had a mistake on this sheet they've handed us, Nelly. That was the thing that was bothering me. If the Mets split, and they're going to split now if they win the second game, and we win this one, we will play tomorrow. Isn't that what it says up there? It does not say that here. Game no sense. You see, it doesn't say down here, though. No game with San Diego if, but we forget that. Games with San Diego on Monday, and on our sheet here, it doesn't say what it says up there. If the Mets split and the Pirates win, there will be a game played here tomorrow. So, we're going to play baseball tomorrow. I, I think get there's the no doubt about it. We're going to play tomorrow, and I think it'll be even better if I play tomorrow. When we go in there, I'd like to see the Cubs beat the Mets the second game today. And while we're 
hopefully beating this club in San Diego tomorrow, then we'll just sit back and let them go ahead and work their pitching out. And if the Mets are tied with us with over Nelly, they got to come in to play us on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever they get their doubleheader done with their entire bullpen and pitching rotation thrown out of order. And I mean, I just can't think of any other combination that would make it more enjoyable. That's what we got to be hoping for, Nelly. We're down to the point where we need help from the other ball clubs now. Yes, our fate's in the hands of uh, Chicago. the Chicago Cubs. Now let's check it on uh, Steve Renko. His record, 15-11. and 11. He pitched the other night. His earned run average, a very fine 2.80. He's had one save. This is his 36th appearance and his second appearance as a relief pitcher. Tall fella, 6 foot 5. A 225-pounder, former football player at uh, Kansas University. And I believe uh, he was the 15th draft pick of the Oakland Raiders in football. But he chose baseball in the New York Met chain as an outfielder, first baseman. Couldn't hit that well. They turned him into a pitcher. The former Pirate manager, Bill Verdon, did that in Williamsport. I believe 1966 or 67. Well, the situation, McAnally goes three and a third. He's given up three hits, four runs so far. He struck out three, walked two. Sanguin at third is his responsibility. And Rook, or Parker at first base, also his. The batter is Jim Rooker. He was hit by a pitch off McAnally in the third inning. This was our first base runner. The squeeze, and it's running out in front of the plate. Sanguin scores as the player close. No! Everybody's safe. Another run. Five to one, the Pirates lead. Still only one out. Parker goes into second base. And a base hit by Jim Rucker. Bob, you won't find a better executed squeeze bunt than that one on the part of Sanguin who broke as he should have and a great bunt by Jim Rooker. Yeah, the bunt was very important, but the manner in which that Sanguin delayed so as not to give it away. If he starts down too soon, the pitcher has the advantage of flattening your batter. Oh, Cash, the ninth batter to come up in the inning. Boy, it's good to batter out for a change. Expo did that to us yesterday when they scored five runs. Went on to win it, six to four. Ball one to Dave Cash. That run charged to McAnally, five of them. Fly ball, left center field, base hit, Parker's going to score. Moving around, second on his way to third. His rookie that throws into the cutoff, man, Cash holds at first base. Six to one. Still only one out. This crowd's enjoying this one, Robert. This is the most enthusiastic crowd we've had here, I think, since opening day. I agree with you, and unfortunately, uh, and I wasn't trying to be critical of the Pirate fans, but I realized times are tough economically and all, but I felt that if we hadn't, we came home off the Montreal trip, that we'd had 25 or 30,000 people out there rooting for us like they're rooting right here today, Nelly. It just might have made an edge. I don't know, but I realized school nights and things of that nature and the economy the way it is, but I, you know you're rooting wherever you are as Mock comes out now and he's going to make another change. He's had Stoneman and Marshall loosening. 
And we'll see uh, to whom he'll send out the flag. But uh, you know you're rooting wherever you are as Mock comes out now and he's going to make another change. He's had Stoneman and Marshall loosening. And we'll see uh, to whom he'll send out the flag. Uh, I would be surprised, really, not managing. I think they're going to go with Marshall. But uh, they haven't announced yet which man they want. He's given them, they're waiting for the umpire to come out. Uh, Mock's in a spot here. I think he's got to try to stop us, Nellie, right at this point. because, uh, And so, therefore, I would be surprised if it's anybody but Marshall. And it's got to be Marshall. And then here comes another record on the books. What's coming out out of Chicago here? Millie uh, says, okay. New York goes with Kuzman. The Cubs go with Jenkins. And normally Jenkins is tough against New York. Now remember one other thing, too. New York has won only five games against Chicago all year. And after some 27 innings of non-scoring, the Cubs break it open with a base hit by Sento. And Marshall runs in from the left field line. Nelly, I'll give him a chance to get everything organized. At the end of the third, first quarter, the Steelers lead Houston 3-0. Jarella had a, an earlier field goal attempt blocked, and the Steelers have been in possession of the ball all through the first period of play, so the defenses of the Houston Oilers are being sorely tested. And as of the moment, we don't think that Franco Harris has been in, but Davis and everybody else in Frenchie Pupil and Pearson and company have been going at it. So, uh... Rich, you give me, uh, hmm, what's this? It's Houston scored. Oh, all right, Houston's out in front now in the second period. They've taken a 7-3 lead, but right now, Nelly, I can't be worried any more than you can about what the Steelers are doing or anybody else. I think what we got right here is what we're kind of concerned with, huh? I would think so. This game has a lot more importance than the Steeler-Houston game, although we're interested in it. This game is the end of the season. There's just getting underway. Mike Marshall, 14 wins, 11 defeats, but 31 saves. An amazing pitcher. This is his 92nd appearance of the year. An all-time record for a pitcher. The log on McAnally has finished three and a third innings, six runs, five of them earned, three hits he struck at, three he walked to. Only one out here in this inning. You're Buzzy Bavese. Do you tell that pilot out on the West Coast to crank up and start coming? I guess after the Mets lost that first game, he had to start cranking. Runners at first and third. Clines pops foul out of play. Franco retired nobody. He faced two batters here in the fourth inning. Gave up two hits. The runner at the third base, Jim Rooker, his responsibility. And, of course, Cash at first base. playing baseball today as they did on a couple of occasions but this is a must game they have to win it Clines loops one into shallow right center field back is Frias he's got to play the runner will not score just a lazy fly ball to shallow right center field easy play for Frias and the runners hold at first and third and it brings up Al Oliver we've got things going drove in the tying run after the Expos had taken a one nothing lead, Clines got on an air by Foley, stole second, and Oliver delivered a double down the left field line past Felipe Lou. 
to check that earned run log on McAnally. I don't think these runs might not be earned at all. None of them. I stand corrected on that. I think all the runs in this inning will turn out to be unearned. But it's immaterial. We've got six and they have one. And McAnally or the Mech Expo is not caring about that situation. Foul by Oliver on the screwball. First base side, strike one. Records right now when you're trying to stay in a pennant race mean nothing, absolutely nothing. They are things, as Willie Stargell said, you think about on a cold winter evening when you're sitting in front of the fire, maybe having yourself a big old iron, and you're satisfied with what you did, personally. But what the team does right now is all that matters. Cash at first, Rooker at third, 6-1 Pirates lead, two down. Oliver, high fly, left side, that'll do it. Coming on, Philippe Ballou. Now the inning is a big one for the Pirates, six runs. On five hits, one error, two left. And we have completed four, and the Pirates lead 6-1. We've completed four innings of play here, and the Pirates have jumped on the Expos, scoring six times. Five of those runs are ruled as earned, one of them unearned. But, Bob, I said before, statistics like that certainly don't matter to Ernie McAnally or the Expos, whether they're earned or unearned at this time of the season. They're just carried about results of the final outcome of this ball game. the same for the Pirates. That's exactly right, and we got to be praying that uh, some other things are going to happen, and we'll pause 10 seconds for station identification on the Pirates Baseball Network. quickly and fires it on in. He's prevented a double on a great play by Al Oliver. 
and running way back, getting the ball after it bounced for the base hit. Now the batter will be Philippe Palou, 0 for 2. If Chicago beats the Mets doubleheader today, I'll say the Mets are in trouble to sweep the doubleheader tomorrow. They're in deep trouble. Because they got Seaver with a bad arm, we understand. He's not the Seaver that he was earlier. But boy, when you've got to try to win doubleheaders, you are hurting. And then the reverse happens if the Mets win the second game and the Cubs, we can only hope the Cubs will take them two tomorrow. A ball. Would that eliminate the Cubs if they split today? They can't lose the ball game. Yeah. They're not. Yeah. They have to win every game. One and oh, the count to Alou. Pitch. High fly, shallow left. Back is Jackie Hernandez, who's playing it short now. And there's one out. Pittsburgh leading here, six to one. Jerry Kuzman and Ferguson Jenkins and his orchestra tuning up for game two in Chicago. Send our best wishes along to Laurie, Sue, Donna, and Steve Sunderland, brothers and sisters of young Sunderland boy and his daddy is visiting here in the box and watching the ball game today. The pitch down, a curve on the corner for a call strike to Ron Woods. Down to the second and he bounced out, pitcher to first. Pops this one up along first and foul territory. Oliver's running like a bullet to get way back there, turning around, and what a play by Oliver. A great grab way down the line. It is a difficult play for mm -hmm. a first baseman to make or the third baseman going down the left field line. Right over the shoulder. Two down to Bailey, who walked and bounced out to third. Pittsburgh leading six to one. Cubs beat the Mets the first game, one to nothing. Jarella kicked another field goal, so it's seven six Houston in the second period. Exciting time of the season, collegiate football and everything rolling, and baseball coming to a roaring conclusion. And there are scouts all over the place that are now concentrating on the Pirates. They'll eliminate any thoughts at all, basically, of Montreal. If we're to win this game, they don't have to worry about them. Swing and a miss. Strike two to Bailey. And they'll be covering the Mets and the Cubbies, too. I suppose they have a tough situation of uh, any win by New York, any win by the Pirates, of course, or any win by St. Louis. And they're, they're, out. they're out of it. Here's the 0-2 outside, but what a job they've done to bring it this far. Hey, they've uh, done an amazing job in five years, and John McHale and Jim Fanning, I don't know how much credit they get, but they sure have put together a fine outfit, I think. No doubt about that, and Mock has managed this doggone ball club for everything it's worth. The pitch is a curve that missed. I told you earlier, he had two lineups in his back pocket. He wasn't sure that Rooker was sound, so he had a a Steve Blast lineup card, and he had one in the event that Rooker pitched. 
Whichever one was out there humming at one time in the early part before the game, both were warming. Blast and Rooker. 2-2. Two -two. Outside, ball three, three and two. New York scored three runs in the first inning. Off Ferguson Jenkins. So it looks like they haven't quit at all. Now the Mets are leading three nothing. In the top of the first, off Fergie Jenkins. 3-2 pitch, bounce down to the shortstop. Fernandez has it. He'll go strong, high, held by Alvarez. He had to leap up and come down and tag the bag. That'll retire the side. No runs, a hit, no errors, and one left. And we go to the bottom of the fifth, and it is 6-1 Pittsburgh. Craig Kasky is on now. He's 0-0 on the year. He comes on here in the bottom of the fifth and then out. Marshall went two-thirds of an inning and zapped the Buckos. Here is Stoggle now. He fly to center and he struck out. Stoggle, if things hold the way they are, unless uh, Dave Johnson gets a home run today. Of course, Stoggle has another game coming up tomorrow. Kasky outside the ball in which to increase his lead, but he'll end the season basically if he can hold off uh, Johnson here. He'll lead the majors in homers and the majors in runs batted in and the majors in doubles. Swing and a miss. One ball, one strike. That's pretty fair season. And he'll bat around the 300 mark. Any way you look at it, the big man has done it all. And he swings off the curve and fouls away. One ball and two strikes. Well, he hadn't any home runs since uh, Montreal, but I really feel that his two doubleheaders back-to-back just uh, strained him quite a bit. The one-two pitch. Outside into the dirt ball, two strike two. He'll never tell you that much, I don't think. Maybe when the season's over, but not now. Ball two, strike two. Boy, a season like this makes you go back and look over some games you had in hand and didn't win. You start counting them off and sleep all night on them. Or you don't sleep, you just toss and roll. There's a ball thrown away by Kasky. And Stoggle is at second on a two-base error. Stoggle hit it and threw it away from Hal Breeden, and it's a two-base error. Kasky was the pitcher up in Montreal that came on to relieve with runners on second and third. I heard first and second to Willie. And Boom. you don't hit 3-0 and pitches, they say. But Willie hit the 3-0. He hit it out of the ballpark and won a ball game. And I think this time he got him out and he was so relieved he couldn't believe it. Maybe he just threw the ball away. We forgot a bridge, but we'll get it. Well, don't worry about it. Well, you're... Which one? Pittsburgh Paints is bringing you the ball game right now. Good. Okay. Let's paint it right on it. Here's the pitch. And the bunt by Hebner to third base. They bring in Bailey, and uh, he'll throw to Breeden for the out. That's the execution. Leaves third base unguarded, and Stoggle comes over unmolested. Good bunt by Richie Hebner. Now Zist the batter. His base hit broke it open there in the fourth inning to drive in a couple of big runs to help us set it up. Bob, this is just pure fundamental baseball here this afternoon. No power, just a little bit of everything. 
Wish we'd have played it about eight other times <laughs> in this season, and then we wouldn't be worrying about playing anybody but the uh, Cincinnati Reds, and that's enough of a worry right there. Whatever team gets in to play them better grab their best hold and hang on, I'll tell you now. You're looking at maybe the best club in the... Well, I don't know you can say the best in all of baseball because Oakland and Baltimore or something just swung their strike two. They're going for their 100th win, and as I said, July 1st, they were only two games over 500, and they are now 37 over 500. They just played sensational ball, no doubt about it. But in a three out of five series, there's this out on the run. We got a little scissor out there for a base hit. Dodgers scores, we lead 7 1. The run is unearned. So Richie Ziss drives in his second run now here at San Gian. He went out on a pitcher's the first and he walked in the fourth inning. New York took a three to nothing lead in the first inning against Chicago. And now with Kuzman pitching, somebody's gonna have to light him up and the Cubs get back in the game. That one has a long way to go. But boy, what a feeling the Mets can have realizing that all they got to do is play 500 baseball against Chicago. They split today and figure they got to win one of the two tomorrow. That's a better feeling than anything else. Mock is coming out now and they've got, that was Stoneman or Donahue Warman. It's uh, Donahue now, or Montague and uh, Mock in the game up there against us. In Montreal, used about nine pitches in a row. Just get an idea what they could do and everything. He's going to take the ball off. Caskey and Montague is coming in. So Montague here in the bottom half of the fifth inning with one out. Coming in. He has no record, Bob. All right. Not at all. It's not the first time we've seen him. We saw him up there in Montreal. Pretty good-looking pitcher, rather mm. almost portly, but not quite so. He's a big, strong fellow. Pretty good fastball and pretty good breaking ball today. We saw. Gene Mock was, takes the ball from the man he's relieving, and the man stays out there and comes off with Mock. One time, Gene said. He went out to relieve, uh, oh, in the game in which he went out and asked Steve Rogers if he was a little worried about something, and Rogers accidentally balked a run in in Chicago. So when Mock went out to talk to him and get him, Rogers was real mad and threw the ball down on the mound. And Mock says, pick that ball up and hand it to me. And Rogers picked it up and handed it to him. He said, now stay here until I bring in another man. I realized I caused you to buck by coming out when you were in the middle of a windup, but I thought you were going to throw Sando a fastball, and that's the last thing I wanted to see. It stays as I was just trying to get the breaking ball I wanted from my catcher. Gene says, well, I'm sorry, but uh, I'm going to walk Sando with another man and pitch to Hickman and won the game. But uh, what was the point of it was that the managerial control exercised by the general when Rogers in his disgust slammed the ball down and Jesus pick that ball up and hand it to me. Of course, I guess you were, you saw the day Chesney threw the 
Yeah, threw the ball up or they with Billy Myers. Yeah. Threw the ball up in the air with Billy Myers coming out to get him. The Monk Myers threw the rosin bag up on the mound one day and it came down right on the head. Right on the head, I roared. I fell right off the fell right out of the booth watching that one. It can be frustrating when you're yeah. pitching, I'll tell you, when things aren't going well, you can lose your composure. It's not hard to do, Nelly. Just we even do it. We've been known to lose our composure up here in the booth, haven't we, buddy? A few times. Montague going now to Sandy inside for a ball. This. Cubs don't score in the first inning. Mets lead there 3 nothing in the second game. Kasky has gone a third of an inning. Allowed one here. The run scored is unearned. He's responsible for Ziskus at first. Sangy fouls it back. One and one. When you start talking about the games we lost that we should have won, you also have to think about the games we won that we should have lost. And there are a few of them, but uh, I have to believe we've lost far more that we should have won than we won that we should have lost. If that makes any sense to you. And you're leading 7-1, 5-2, and late innings, and there have been a lot of games like that that we lost. That's the kind that really cremates you. Ball one and strike two. Here's the pitch. Foul back. We had the Mets beat 4 to 1 there. That, that was the game ball. that turned us right there. That was there. probably the whole season. September the 18th, you can look at that ball game. Had we won that, the Mets would have been four and a half back. Uh, they won it. It turned out to be two and a half. And that's really where the season has all been wrapped up. And as far as getting them back in there, that is absolutely correct. And I'll go back to that first game in San Francisco and I'll see that thing till I'm 98 if I live to be that old and running two. And Sangy hits a looper in the shadow left, and the Lou's not going to get six. Comes out for the first hit. Sangy's on his way to second, and uh, he gets there with a double. And, oh, they're going to get him a single. That's a double. But they're going to rule single. Heck, they had no way in the world they didn't even make a play on him. The ball was thrown up to third. Sangy was halfway to second. On the play, but they ruled single and second on the throw. That's a double on the play, but I'm not going to argue with the official score at this point. Here's Hernandez in. Even Bill Christine leaned over and shook his head no. I don't know how you can say there. There was no way they were going to be able to get Sanji, and he was halfway to second by the time Alou got the ball. His only play really was to try to throw to third to get Zisk. With no other play that he had. Hernandez takes it low, ball one. What I'm trying to get, in other words, is a double for Sanguian. You know, of all the problems the Pirates have had this year, and they've had their share, there's still one thing about them. They run every doggone play out. They do that. The 1 0 is outside corner called strike one. A lot of clubs around this league that don't Just do that. Quit, you bet. One and one to count. The infield for the Expos is up. We're in the fifth inning. Runners at second and third. Pirates leading 7-1. And all they can do now is hope to come on Chicago. Here's the pitch in low ball, too. But we'll play if this score is 
We're on top at the end of the day. You better be here tomorrow, 135, because while there's life, there is hope. And we have to play San Diego tomorrow. Ball two, strike one to Hernandez. Strike swinging, two, two. chance, Nelly, I want to say, and I know you'll join me in this young man at the plate right here, never gripes about a thing, he's had to play the underdog role, he's always happy, and he's doing the best he can at all times, his name is Jackie Hernandez, 2-2 two -two pitch from Montague, a foul no play, never heard a peep out of him, been nothing but an absolute fantastic team man, he thinks only of the team and never of himself. Not a bad trait to have, I'll tell you, on a ball club. He's somehow ready to play baseball. He's always ready. A lot of guys let themselves get out of shape, griping about things. 2-2. Beat foul off third. Every time I see him, his eyes light up with a big smile, and he says, Un beso y adios en español. I'll tell you what you can do with that one. Kiss it goodbye. <laughs> He wore that little goatee, and I said to him, you look like a Chinese Cuban. He said, what you say? <laughs> and boy, they're all over him in the clubhouse, teasing him about it. Two balls, two strikes. And a swing and a miss. Jackie is down. That's going to bring up Rooker, who should get a great hand for his performance here today. He's got a pretty good hand for that party lay down in that six-run fourth inning. Where'd we be without Rooker, Nelly? A lot of disappointments in our season, but uh, what an acquisition Jim has been, huh? Well, I think, uh, yeah, they were saying about Steve Blass being the reason for the Pirates' failure this year. He might be, but, uh, you know, Rooker got a chance to pitch, and he certainly filled a big role with. That he did. That he did. Now the infield is back as Rooker won for one. He got hit by a pitch in the third. He singled on a bunt in the fourth, driving in a run on a squeeze. Picks the ball out there. Well, there's no doubt about it. And our hearts ache for Steve Blast. If he's Steve Blast of last year, we win it easy. But can't put it all on Steve's shoulders. No way. Swing and a miss. One and one. There are too many other was, guys involved. If he was that important, he should have gotten all the credit for winning last year. Yeah. Yeah. Ball one and strike one. On the corner, call strike two. Don't think Steve Blass's heart isn't broken, because it is. Let me tell you something. You hardly know what to say to him other than just hello. New York didn't score in the uh, second, so it's 3-0 Cubs at bat against Kuzman. We've got a long way to go in that game. Got a funny feeling Williams is going to light somebody up. 1-2 pitch. Down underneath from Montague. Ball two, strike two. Say there's another factor, too. If it's overcast and everything, they might not get to finish that game, in which case they'd have to... There is a very interesting little ruling there. Darkness now sets in in that second game, and they can't finish it. Foul back. They'd have to finish it tomorrow, which would mean two regularly scheduled games and the other one, and that would be the first time they've ever come close to triple header since we did it at Forbes Field against the Cincinnati Reds years ago, and that's the last scheduled 
three games in one day. But they'd have to start it tomorrow, which would mean maybe about 10 in the morning because otherwise you never get the other doubleheader finished. That's interesting, isn't it? Come on, play a little darkness. Eat up some pitching. Rucker, a drive in the right field, base set. It's going to score two runs. those engines, San Diego, and get coming here. We'll see you tomorrow at 1.35. Now the Buckos lead 9 to 1. I think they're arguing over here with Luke Quay on giving a single to Parker or rather to San Guillen instead of the double. But he didn't see it that way. Well, let them argue amongst themselves. It makes it academic. Very academic. The batter is Cash, one for three. He pitched to him with two out. Montague was on there with a strike. I hardly think Matty Sanguin's contract for next year or this ball game is going to rest on whether that was called a double or a single. I would think it's <laughs> not even in his mind right now. Here's the pitch. In on the corner. Yeah, I said it's tough to think of playing Cincinnati, but I'd sure like that chance. Ground ball now to second. Pepe Frias comes up, throws across for the out. The side is all right. One, two, three runs. The runs in the fifth inning mark. Academic. It's one, two, three runs on uh, two hits, one error, and one left. At the end of five, Pittsburgh leading nine to one. The Cardinals are beating the Phillies two to nothing at the end of four, so they're on their way to the sweep there. And they, like us, are hoping for New York to get popped a doubleheader. In the event that we play the Padres tomorrow, and it looks like we're going to, use, for all you reserve parking tenants, use rain date coupon A. And if we are victorious and then completed the and compelled to play New York October 2nd, you'll use rain day coupon B. We'll tell you more about it. What a play by Hernandez on a drive off to his right. A ball hit by Hal Breeden, and Hernandez speared it back in it. Unbelievable. He's doing it all. Now, here's Ken Singleton. He drew a walk, and he singled in the fourth, and he scored the Expos only run. 
Radio Rich, come on and tell me that Billy Williams has hit a grand slam home run or that Ron Santos hit one. Get me three or four, somehow or other. Ball hit out to Stargell, deep, single and grab it. The ball sank on him. Single and line drive out to down. St. Louis is uh, getting unbelievable pitching. They've given up only one run in their last four games, and so far throughout this afternoon's game, I think four or five innings, they've got another shutout going. So that pitching has been carrying them. They are tied with the Pirates in the lost column. If we win today, we got to win tomorrow to stay tied with them. Well, I'll tell you, I'd like a four or five, four-place tie. It gets eliminated. If we beat Montreal, that gets it down to at least a chance of four. I'd like the shot at four. I think it would be kind of fun to be in on that kind of history in baseball, Nelly. Think we could live through it? Like the try? 1-0. High to uh, Bacabella. 2-0. Bucks 9. Pot Expos 1. We're in the sixth. Come on, Chicago, or come on, rain and dusk. That'd be funny. Have that game rained out. Swing. Two and one. What would be even funnier is to see him get ahead four or three and then the range come down to the end of six. Oh, Yogi Bear would be climbing some trees. <laughs> Ball two, strike one. And a strike call, two-two. Remember one year I rooted like the Dickens for a three-way tie between the Cardinals and two other clubs? And Dick Grote had been traded from the Pirates to the Cardinals, and he took exception to it. He thought I was rooting against him. I said, no, Richard, I wasn't rooting against you. I just wanted to see a three-way tie. I'd never seen that before. There's a base hit up the middle by Bacabella. That's the fifth hit of the game. I don't think to this day I've been able to convince Dick Grote that I wasn't rooting against him. It wasn't personal at all. I just wanted to see a three-way tie. <laughs> like I'd like to see a four-way right now. I really would. Well, that was in 1964. That's right. With, uh, Cincinnati, the Phillies, and the St. Louis. That's right. I'm rooting like mad for a three-way tie. Just see what had happened. I'm rooting like mad now for a four-way tie. What do you think of that? There's a pop-up. It's playable, I think. Sanguin's coming back toward the screen, and it's on the screen, so it's strike one. Tim Foley. Drove him the exposed run with the sacrifice fly. At the half, seven six Steelers trailing by the point of six to seven Steelers in Houston. Hmm? They just can't throw a score touchdown down in that indoor place. Mm -hmm. That's, a, that's club, a tough place. Yeah, that Houston club's been on the defense throughout the whole first half. You watch it. But if everything goes well in the second half, they won't be able to change headgears down there. <laughs> Where they're getting a pounding from there. Yeah, I don't think they played Frank, Frankie uh, Franco yet. And they're playing uh, Euclid, Pearson, and Davis. They're running at them all over the place. Ground ball hit back in to Rucker. He throws out Foley. Foley carried his bat down at first, and I was thinking, oh my goodness, is he going to get mad now? But he's not. He's just carrying it very casually off the line. It's something to Rucker as he went by him. Now he broke the bat. Yeah. Going to throw his helmet. <laughs> I mean, he's still in the game. Nothing in one. No runs, one hit, no errors, and one left. End of five and a half, nine, one, Pittsburgh. Pirates in the sixth inning. Klein's Oliver and Stodgill against Montague, who is the fifth pitcher for the Expos. 
Lines is 0 for 3, got a board on an error, stole a base and scored a very big run in that fourth inning to tie up the game, and then the Bucks went on to score five more times and take a 6-1 lead and put three more on the boards in the fifth. The three runs were unearned runs. Now Kleins, who struck out, got on on the air and popped the second, faces Montague. Here's a look in the 0-1. Tell you one thing, Nellie and I had the pleasure of watching it. The pleasure in one way. We're in on the baseball history. We saw a man do the unbelievable Iron Man stunt. Greatest pitching performer ever. Mike Marshall in relief. He set the record uh, against us here when he passed uh, Wayne Granger and added to it here this afternoon. So, Nellie, we sat in on some baseball history. You've seen a few over the years. It's a rather memorable feat, I'll tell you. It's uh, something, particularly all the cold weather they have there early in the year. He's just a remarkable man. Kleins apparently has been struck with the pitch on the right uh, forearm, and Tony Bartram is coming out. Right under the right wrist there. Nelly put the glasses on him and double-check it. I think they'll just spray him. Freeze it a little bit, take the pain out, reduce the swelling. Where are they doing it, Nelly? Right by the elbow? You got the on the forearm, right it's, forearm? It shouldn't be. It's not on the top right where the meat is, there, the muscle. Hang the in there arm. and be an Oreo. Well, here is Al Oliver, second leading man in doubles in the major leagues, second only to his teammate, Wilbur Darnold Stuckel. He doubled in the fourth inning. He drove in the tying run. He later came around to score the lead run. The Bucks have now increased the lead to 9-1. Nobody out. Pitches from Montague low ball on. One ball and no strikes. Mets leading 3-0 in the second inning against Chicago. They lost the first game. That means we play San Diego. Throw to first and the Clines is back. We play them tomorrow at 135. Bruce Keeson will pitch for us, the staff, if necessary, for the Padres. Ball two. Their season ended yesterday, as did I the Dodgers. Think, I think they're going to use Randy Jones, who's a pretty good left-handed pitcher. And we ain't too sharp against lefties this year. We haven't been. But tomorrow we might have more adrenaline flowing than we've had when we played them before. Another throw to first, and this time back in safely climbs. 2-0 to Oliver. pitch, jammed him, fouled it back. Ball two and strike one. Today marked the retirement of a grand gentleman, Eddie Dunn, the chief of the ground crew, 47 years. He'll retire at the end of this present football season, so the first of the game class is back. What a grand gentleman, a gift from Mark Rooney, from Dan Galbraith, and from the Pittsburgh Pirates, and Recognition from all concerned. Foul back. Oliver ripping, trying to hit it into left center. Ball two, strike two. Somebody down there made a sensational grab. Diego Segui is pitching for the Cardinals in the fifth inning, so the Phillies are running at him. Ball two, strike two. The pitch. Inside, ball three. Shane Deans has had his contract renewed for this next season. 
Gene Mott. That is extended through the 74-5 season, 75 season. Three balls, two strike pitch, throw over, and Kleins just gets back. Ball three and strike two. Once again, we're ready. And a throw to first in a game. Kleins uh, is back. Must be suspicious that we might be trying to run on a 3-2 pitch with none out. Now Kleins calls time, goes off to the side. To... Now he's back there, just brushing off his trousers. Three and two to count. We're running, and the ball's hit high into right center, very deep. Singleton, however, is going to have room for this one. He has it. Lions will come back, and here comes Willie Stuchel. 0 for 2 is Wilbur. Falls, it's home to Montreal and disbursement to their various homes throughout the country. For the Pirates, the awaiting the arrival of the Padres tomorrow. Stargell takes one into the dirt, running up into second is Kleins on a wild pitch. That opened up a base for them to do what they wish. If necessary, it was Stargell the batter. said to you before, I don't know how many times I saw a situation like that with uh, McCovey at the plate and Willie Mays at first, and they're going to walk start. You'll see if McCovey would have, Mays would have taken the pitch and stayed right there at first base, allowing, making them pitch to second I would have walked McCovey so he walked McCovey forcing Mays to go to second base and pitched out of the trouble now it's Hefner who is 0 for 1 he walked and sacrificed he scored a run and he pops it up in the shallow left going back Foley coming up Alou it is Foley no infield fly rule call there his back was to the diamond he was running away and there are two down so by running up there on that wild pitch, they took a bat away from Studgel. Now here's Richie Zisk, who's two for three. Scored a pair of runs and has driven in a pair. Pirates leading nine to one. Be with us tomorrow. We need all the help we can get. We're playing the Padres at 135. Bruce Keeson and Randy Jones. Nothing in further, I don't suppose, on the New York game. It's 3-0 still. Kuzman working there. Early in the second contest, the Cubs won the first game 1-0. Here's the pitch, and it's into the dirt for a ball. Montague, one ball, one strike to Zisk. Two out, two on. Pittsburgh 9, Montreal 1 in the bottom of the sixth. 
The Cubs pick up a pair and have now closed within one of the New York Mets. It's three to two. New York as the Cubs get a pair. And away to go. Come on, Chicago. End of two innings. It's three to two now. New York leading by one. At the end of two innings in a game that might not even get finished. Because of darkness. There's a drive. Base hit. Left field. And Clines will score. Cargill stops at second base. And the batter, Manny Sanguin, he's one for two, has scored a pair of runs. Now pitching for Philadelphia in the fifth inning. At the end of four and a half, the Cardinals leading the Phillies two to one. Pittsburgh leading here ten to one. Come on, Chicago. Do something for Frank Oshry and me. Lompomp Plaza. D.C. Swing and a miss. No balls, one strike. <laughs> Nothing in one account. Stargell at second, Zisk at first. Pittsburgh leading 10 to 1 in the bottom of the sixth. Sandy in the batter. Swings on a change and fouls it off the left side. Count nothing and two. No balls and two strikes. Jackie Hernandez on deck if Manny keeps it rolling. Once again, the delivery. He goes down swinging on a high slider. That'll retire the side. But the Bucks get another run. One hit, no errors by Montreal, and strand a pair. At the end of six, Pittsburgh leading 10 to 1. Your host has been Colorful Pittsburgh Paints, a product of PPG Industries. The final innings of today's game. Brought to you by Iron City Beer. When you're really ready to pour it on, pour on the iron. Leading 10-1, to 1, the Cubs have scored a pair to come within one. At the end of two and a half, it's 3-2 New York. If the Cubs can win that one, the Bucks are in great shape if they can beat San Diego tomorrow. For the Cubs will have to try to play along with New York a doubleheader tomorrow where the chances are more likely there for a split than anything. But you never know. But I'll guarantee you one thing. The way it's going right now, Nellie, we won't know anything much before 6 or 7 o'clock tomorrow night. All right, Bob. Uh, Pepe Frias uh, was to be the leadoff batter here, but the Expos are going to a pinch hitter, Barry Foote, who is a promising young catcher in their minor league system earlier this year, brought up at the tail end of the season, has uh, done pretty well as a pinch hitter. He's batting at 600. He's gone three for five as a pinch hitter. Right-handed batter. He's batting.
batting for Pepe Frias. They're in the bottom of the third now at Chicago. And the Mets uh, leading there 3-2. to two. Kuzman and Jenkins dueling in game number two. Here's a pitch underway to foot. Line drive right field. He's got his fourth hit in six times at that. Man, he's liking uh, National League hitting. Uh, pitching, rather. Line the ball into right field off the fist. That'll bring up the pinch hitter. Clyde Mayshore for the pitcher. And I believe a pinch runner is going to come in the ball game now, replacing foot at first base. Maybe Larry Lynch. I believe that's who it'll be. No change there. Lynch had been coming in. Time was called. But foot stays at first base. The batter is Mayshore. He takes a curve for a strike. Mayshore hitting at 206, a right-handed hitter. 10 to 1, Pirates leading, seventh inning. Curve a little bit too high. One ball and one straight. They're through three innings out in Chicago, and the Mets lead three to two. Going to the top of the fourth inning. The count is two balls and a strike on Clyde Mayshore. Pirates leading 10 to 1 here in the seventh inning, a six run fourth inning. Started it off for the Bucks. Swing and a miss by Mayshore, strike two. Fastball. Mayshore betting for John Montague. Fastball away by Rucker. Full count of three and two. Cardinals out in the fifth inning. They lead two to one over the Philadelphia Phillies. Swing and a miss. Mayshore goes down swinging and a fastball that ran away from him. Rick Wise has come on in the sixth inning to replace Alan Foster or Segui. Foster started. Segui in the fifth. The now Wise pitching in the sixth inning. So possibly he ran into problems. Strikeout by Rooker is uh, his second. And it brings up Philippe Lou, the left fielder, who has uh, gone 0 for 3. Oliver playing off the bag, behind the runner at first, Barry Foote. Here's the pitch to Lou, fastball away. Ball one. Pirates with a win here, and again, San Diego tomorrow can wind up even 500. And with that, still have a chance, possibly, for a tie. Fastball away. Two balls and no strikes on Felipe Lou. The attendance today, 33,376. With one game inning, season attendance, 1,317,341. Now, Lou hits one off the bat down the right field line in foul territory. And it's, uh, what, Oliver went into the railing, and I think he hit his lip on there, his face. He took out a pretty good blow. 
One of the fans is uh, sticking their hands out, interfering with the ball a bit. Waller, I don't think, had a play on it, but he went right into the railing. And I think he banged his nose or his mouth on the railing. Tony Bartiron taking a look at it. Oliver wiping uh, his nose a bit, I believe. Uh, got a bit of a cut above his lip. He's going to be all right, though. Good, honest effort by Stukes, and almost came up with a looping foul ball off the end of the bat by Palipalu. The count two balls and a strike on him. And that's failed to score in the fourth inning. They continue to lead 3-2 to two as the Cubs bat in the bottom of the fourth against Jerry Kuzman. Ron Santo drove in the winning and the only run in the first ballgame. Here's a 2-1 pitch to Alou. Fly ball deep down the left field line, hooking foul out of play. Count is 2-2. Two Philippe Alou does uh, a lot of uh, television radio work in the Dominican Republic. They'll be carrying their games in the Winter League ball. Dave Parker, I believe, will be heading down that way at the end of October. The 2-2 pitch. Line drive. Deep left center field. Back is Stargell. Still going. He's got it. Moving back to first base. Barry Foote. Hey, a well-hit ball by Alou, but Stargell got a good beat on it. And got there in time to get it in left center field. Ball today does not appear to be carrying as well as it did a couple nights ago here when the Phillies were in. Ball's really popped out of here. That ball, I thought, had a chance to get up against the boards, but Starge will get it on the warning track. Two down, put at first base where he opened with a pinch single. The batter is Ron Woods. He's gone 0 for 3. Right-handed hitter deep in the box. Rutgers pitched to him. The fastball away. Ball one. Right from Newcastle. The wild pitch. Blowing away. Ball two. The pitch to uh, Woods is popped up out of play down the left field line. And the count is two balls in the strength. Phillies are out in the sixth inning against uh, Rick Wise. Cardinals lead 2-1. to one. Matt Flecken, I said, from radio station WKST in Newcastle on our pirate network. Stopping by to say hello. Put at first base. The pitch to Woods, swing and a miss on a breaking ball. Two balls, two strikes. Rooker came on and filled the big role, and Blass was taken out of the starting rotation. And he has done very well since then. The 2-2 pitch in the dirt, blocked by Sangian, but started to go, but uh, wisely holds at first base. His run means nothing right now. 
10 to 1 the score, the Pirates leading. Rooker's earned run average 2.90. He's had uh, 17 starts, five complete games. Best percentage of any of the starters. The 3 2 pitch. High fly to center, not very deep. Climbs coming on, should get there. He will. That'll retire the Expos in the seventh inning. No runs on a hit, no errors, and one left. Then we go to the bottom of the seventh, and the Pirates lead 10 to 1. Jackie Hernandez will lead off the seventh inning. He'll be followed by Jim Rooker as the crowd here rising, uh, enjoying the seventh inning stretch with a lead of 10 to 1. The announcement made by Art McKinnon that the Pirates, should they continue to hold a lead, will play the Padres here tomorrow at 1.35. Box and reserve C-Plan season ticket holders are advised to use coupon A. Box and reserve seats and general admission tickets are on sale right now and after this game at the advanced ticket windows in the main lobby behind and below gate A. Bill Stoneman, a new pitcher for the Expos, will pitch to Hernandez here in the bottom of the seventh inning. He is the sixth pitcher of the afternoon for Gene Mock. Hernandez swings and misses strike one. Stoneman started up in uh, Montreal the other day, pitched a good ball game for a while, and then he had to leave. Caskey came on and replaced him, and Starcher hit a three-run homer off uh, Caskey. Looping ball down the right field line, giving Chase Singleton. He can't get there. It's a foul ball. Bouncing off the fence near the Pirate bullpen. Stoneman's record, 4-8. and eight. He had arm problems earlier this year, and uh, had he been healthy or had better more, had the kind of year that they thought he was going to have, they, the Expos, I'm sure, would be looking at a different situation, too. Just about everybody in this Eastern Division could say that. One pitcher can make a difference. Curve away. One ball and two straight. Wentz has gone to second base, replacing Frias. Stoneman's had only 17 starts. And has not had a complete ball game. He's been their big pitcher. Hernandez going back for... Another bat evidently uh, broke the bat. Eddie Casco fired as the manager of the Red Sox announced earlier that today. He had one year remaining on a two-year contract. He'll remain as a scout for the Sox. Daryl Johnson, who had been a catcher, and will become the manager for 1974. Hernandez loops one down the left field line. It's drifting foul out of play, and we'll pause 10 seconds for station identification on the Pirate Baseball Network. Some great special. Hernandez fouls again. This one down the right field line. He's playing a little baseline tennis receptant here with somebody. Foul the right field line, foul down the left, foul down the right. Gonna hit one up the middle. Steelers have taken a 12 to 7 lead on a touchdown on a mixed missed extra point. It was blocked. They lead Houston. Foul back out of play and into the press box. And I think uh, 
somebody over there. Almost got hit right in the mouth with it. Here's a pitch. It's a check swing and foul at the feet of Bacabella. in the third quarter down in Houston. Steelers leading 12 to 7. Ground ball hit weekly to third. Bailey one hands the ball. His throw in time to get Hernandez. One down. Parker replaced Dal Maxwell in the fourth inning. In a pinch hitting roll. Drove in two big runs in that inning. Uh, Bernie McAnally and that brought on Steve Renko. That's when the Pirates who really weren't rolling. The key base hit in that inning was the base hit by Dave Parker. One down, Jim Rucker, the batter, he's had a good afternoon. He's hit by a pitch, got a bunch single, a squeeze play, drove in a run. Looped a single in the fifth inning to drive in two more. He's had three RBIs on the afternoon, five on the season. Cubs are out in the fourth inning. The Mets lead 3-2 to two there behind Jerry Kuzman. They won the front ball game. Chicago won it, one to nothing. Bob Locker was the winner in that game, and Matt Black lost it. Ron Sano driving in the only run. Rucker swings and misses on a curveball from Stillman. One ball and two strikes. Pop-up off the first base side in foul territory near the catcher's area. He's going to make it in the on-deck circle. He's got it. John Bacabella retires Rucker on a foul pop. Two down, nobody on, 10-1. Pirates lead, bottom of the seventh, Dave Cash, the batter. Dave had uh, one of the five hits in that six-run fourth, the drive and a run. Cash is finished with a flourish and uh, played the type of baseball the last three weeks. Dave Augustine will pinch hit for Gene Clines, replacing him. He was hit by a pitch in the previous inning, and quite possibly uh, that's the reason for the change. Augustine, a good defensive player, but uh, Clines hit by a pitch. Montague hitting him to open up the sixth inning. He leaves the ball game. Augustine batting at uh, 333. Augustine, a right-handed batter, takes a curveball, strike one. Augustine swings and foul tips held by Bacabella to count on to. In the background, the information on Randy Jones, who's a left-hander. He'll be pitching tomorrow against the Pirates in that uh, San Diego ball game. It was rained out on July the 21st. 
Another one of the bizarre parts of the 73 season. Ground ball, the third base. Bailey up. He has a force at second. That'll retire the Pirates. No runs on a hit. No errors. One left. We've completed seven. The Pirates lead 10 to 1. San Diego Padres at 1:35. Box and reserved C plan. C is in Charlie plan. Season ticket holders should use coupon A. Box and reserved seats and general admission tickets are on sale now at the advanced ticket windows outside uh, underneath gate A. Box and reserved seats will also be available tomorrow at the Ticketron outlets. And the stadium ticket windows will be open tomorrow at 9 a.m. We'll play the Padres at 1.35. And hope before we play them that the Cubs will have come on to beat the Mets a doubleheader. They trail there by a run, 3-2. to two. They won the first game. Swinging the foul back by Bailey. Now at the Cubs are now batting in the bottom of the fifth. New York leads there, 3-2. to two. An interesting factor with the weather problem there. It's only 3 o'clock. But should they not be able to complete that game, they'd have to resume it when they next play. And would they resume it tomorrow before a doubleheader? Or would they rule that they resume it, play one game and another game the following day? That would have to be a league decision. Send our best wishes along to Joy McHugh, recuperating in Mercy Hospital, a great Pirate fan. Fly ball by Bailey, left center, flashing over Augustine, back on the warning track and grabs it. Augustine having batted for Gene Klein and remained in the game. So there's one down in the eighth inning, Pittsburgh leading 10-1. And we go now to Hal Breeden, who has a double and three at bat. Randy Jones and Bruce Keesa tomorrow, and I would assume by now the Padres are about ready to be underway if they're not already on their way in. Never seen anything like this in all of baseball. Base hit by Breeden. In the left center, single, his second and fourth bat, the double in the single now. Singleton, who walked, singled, and scored the lone run for the Expos, and who lined the left field, is now the batter. The shadows now creeping out on the first base side, and this brilliant sunlight in center and in left and off the left side of the diamond. Thirty-three thousand three hundred and seventy-six have paid attendance here today. Curve ball or breaking ball of some sort to the outside corner for a call strike. End of five. It's three-two. The New York Mets lead the Cubs with Kuzman still pitching and Jenkins for the Cubbies. 
In the second game, there hasn't been an interview. You mean the New York Mets scored 300 runs and the Cubs scored 200 runs. Well, that's interesting. Playing uh, baseball under extreme pressure. Here's the 1-1. High for a ball, 2-1. leading 10-1 in the eighth inning. Fly ball down the right line. That's trouble. Extra bases. And Breeden is coming to third, and they'll hold him up on a double by Singleton. Pittsburgh's Bradshaw went in for a touchdown to take the lead over the Oilers, and then Jarella had the extra point blocked. He's also had a field goal block. Now what's happened, Ellie? You got something there? Uh, just informed that Andy Russell went 45 yards with an intercepted pass and scored a touchdown. Well, the defense got on the board. Well, they've been in the game because out until Bradshaw scored that touchdown, I don't think the Steelers had scored in the Dome in a couple of years. Mel Wright is coming out now to do a little talking here. Ten to one the score. The Pirates have the ten. And at the end of six innings, the Cardinals, in a game they must win, lead the Phillies two to one. Like Nelly pointed out, their pitching in the last several games has been unbelievable. You got an ERA got to be under one. In the last five or six games, they haven't allowed anybody to score, have they, know. The Cardinals have given up two runs in the last, this is the fifth game. They gave up a run yesterday and one today. That's got to be under one for an ERA, then. That's some kind of pitching. And uh, the only thing they can hope for is that the Cubs win four. All right, now the conference over. Bacabella the batter. And a ball hit off the end of the bat out of the center is going to score a pair. They're holding up the runner, but uh, and he'd have scored easily, but Bristol made a smart move. There's no sense in trying to bring that man in. He doesn't mean a doggone thing in this case. Bacabella hit one off the end of the bat up into the middle, driving in a run, sending Singleton to third. Makes it 10 to 2. We have activity, Bob. Uh, Raymond Hernandez and Dave Justice starting to throw. Well, they haven't worked in a couple of days. They ought to be ready. At least one. Yeah. <laughs> a strike is called here to Tim Foley, who's 0 for 2, drove in a run with a sacrifice fly. Time call, a piece of paper blown around, and both Olsen and the batter missed it, and the ball for hot dog wrapper rolls over toward the Montreal dugout. Nothing in one the count. Runners at first and third, Pittsburgh leading 10-2, and we're in the eighth. Pitch to Foley. Ball outside from Rooker. One ball and one strike. The big Stewart that got a... Hot dog wrapper in Fenway Park one day, and he said it's the biggest ovation he ever got. That he ever heard. <laughs> he got a big one one day when I called a grand slammer for him in Cincinnati. 
But he was 300 miles away from here in the ovation. The Steelers were playing, I think, the football, New York football giants at Pitt Stadium, and the Giants had broken out of the huddle. And just as they came to the line of scrimmage, they heard me holler Grand Slam Stewart in 60 in a roar that's unbelievable. And they called time. They couldn't hear their own signal. Foul back. And Stewart said, doggone it, wouldn't you know I'd missed the greatest ovation of my life. Wouldn't even there to hear it. You're saying Willie Stargler got quite an ovation here last Sunday when he hit a home run up in Montreal. Oh, yeah, that's right. Plans to be listening the to the game. Three-run homer. Three-run homer while uh, off Caskey while uh, they were here watching the Steelers win. A ball and two strikes. The Foley. Rooker checks his runner first. And it's a weak one back to Rooker. And he goes to the plate and they tag the runner. He bobbled the ball and came to the plate. And he tags the runner for the out. It's a one-to-two out on Singleton. Put Bacabella up at second and put Foley on first on a fielder's choice. And bring up uh, Pepe Frias, who is one for three, with a single in the seventh inning. Check that. It's Larry, Larry Lentz. Larry Lentz. He came in to replace uh, Frias defensively. Well, they batted with foot right. for Frias. So Lentz is uh, now in there and he's a switch batter, batting right-handed, of course. Two down, runners at first and second in the eighth inning, Pittsburgh leading 10-2. Now the pitch. Fine away for a ball. I would think one of the things we try to do here today is well, I'm down on the field after the ball game. Let's try to find out if there's, if there's going to be an awful lot of people remain here of the 33,000. If there's anything going for Chicago, I, I'll kind of look up at you, Nellie, and you give me an up sign. If the Cubbies are, <laughs> Cubbies are making a rally, let me know and shoot me a sign, and I'll announce it. All right. 2-0 and all the count. I'll keep my eyes on you while you're talking to Willie Stargell. Ball two and no strikes. And in there is Rooker... Two down, runners at first and second in the eighth inning. Foul back by Larry Lentz. Cox is on deck. Uh, should Larry Lentz keep it rolling? But he didn't. He stuck out on a breaking ball. And Rooker's been some kind of pitcher. One run on three hits, no errors, and two men left. And we go now to the bottom of the eighth inning and the score. The Pirates 10 and the Expos 2. All right, Bailey Moore is in the pitch now. Becomes the seventh pitcher. Stallman, Montague, Caskey, Marshall, Rinko, and McAnally in that order. And McAnally is on the hook for this one today. Bailey Moore is the new Montague. 
Into the bottom of the seventh at St. Louis, the Cardinals lead the Phillies 2-1. to one. Into the bottom of the seventh in Atlanta, it's 3-4-5 uh, to 2 Houston. And uh, no home runs by Henry Aaron. We have no way of knowing where the Henry is playing. down to Atlanta, he's up this and he's, uh, he's up this inning, and he's gone three for three with no home runs. Radio Rich has been on that horn for us. He's called Chicago, and uh, we'll keep you on the uh, right up to date on our radio audience what's going there. Aaron has gone three for three, but no home runs as he's swinging for everything in the house. Hey. New York just hit a big homer for Cleon Jones in the sixth with one on, and that is a big, big blow. That makes it five to two now. The uh, Mets, Cleon Jones in the sixth inning, one on, and it's now five to two. Mets are still batting. There's a base hit in the right by Al Oliver. So uh, what we got to hope for now, tomorrow, if it keeps going this way, is a split today, but. Tomorrow, a doubleheader victory. Here's Stargell. Stargell is 0 for 3. Grover came around to score in the fifth inning. When we, uh, with a wild pitch, had our runner move into second base, we opened up the base then, and they immediately walked Stargell. We said earlier, many times I saw Willie Mays on a wild pitch just stay right at first base and make him pitch to McCovey. Baylor Moore sends a strike. Oliver checks, and there's a bouncer weakly down to first fair ball. They step on first. They got a tag to runner, and they say he did. The play went three unassisted and out to Foley. Three six. So it's two down. And the batter is Hebner, who grounded a second, walked, sacrificed, and popped the short. The way things are going right now, somewhere along the line, a ball games where we had a great big lead and lost it, any one of those games would have ensured a playoff tie with the New York Mets. Any one of those you want to pick out. You can go all the way back to the time Nellie and I were talking to you from San Francisco in the early part of the season. Had a 7-1 lead and never got the third out. You can take that game, you can take any game you want, and win it. And you don't need to worry about whether they're splitting because the way things are going now, we'd be having to play the Mets. But we didn't win it. I'm sure, however, the Mets had some games somewhere along the line got away from them too, Millie. That's why they play this game over 162. Who did? Henry Aaron popped up. His uh, record, uh, Babe Ruth's. Mark will not be past. He will end at 7-13 unless they tie it up and he gets an extra shot. Aaron will conclude the 1973 season with 713 runs. Opening day for Atlanta should draw a sellout crowd and he'll be going for it then. Unless they're able to come on and tie it up and give him another shot. Hebner takes it high, ball three. run by Cleon Jones comes at a very big time for the Mets. 
Inside low, Hebner walks. That's the fourth walk, and that'll bring up Richie Fisk. He's got a hot bat today, three singles, driving in three runs, scoring a pair. Well, but I think we were talking about Cleon Jones, that last game in here, and then we went to New York, and he suddenly looked like he was swinging a bat. He was going to hurt some people, and he, he did it. Yeah. But it's down to what you and I were just talking about. You can go back over a lot of games where you really had it won. Bouncer down to third, fair ball. They're going to go up to second base in time for the up. Just win one of those, which we didn't. And you wouldn't be worrying about what the Mets were doing in the second game today. No runs, a hit, no errors, and one left. End of eight. Ten to two in favor of Pittsburgh. Jim Rucker has uh, pitched well in this ball game. has three more outs to go. He leads 10-2. Uh, An easy performance after Pirates broke it open with a six-run fourth inning batting around against Ernie McAnally, Steve Renko, and finally Mike Marshall, making his 92nd appearance of the year. Came out to get the final out. Lead off batter is Ron Fairley, pinch hitting for Baylor Moore. Ron Fairley is hitting at 299. He bunts off the third base side, it's foul. Fairley hit uh, 300 one other time in his long major league career, 1961. Fairley's hit 17 home runs, uh, driven in 49. Beat us a couple of ball games earlier this year with home runs. Beat Nelly Browse here in the next inning game. One ball and one strike. He's just trying to get on base now. Mets score two runs on that home run by Cleon Jones. They lead 5-2. to two. Cubs batting in the bottom of the six. Bunt, foul, back out of play. New York leading Chicago on a home run by Cleon Jones with one on in the sixth is two. Kuzman against Fergie Jenkins. We lead here ten to two in the eighth in the ninth inning. Fairly pops foul. It's drifting out of play behind the expo dugout on the third base side. The attendance today thirty three thousand three hundred and seventy six. Cardinals are running at the Philadelphia Phillies. Brandon, now scarce in the seventh inning. These two losses of the Phillies certainly didn't help us at all. Very tough ones. High fly, the left center field. Augustine drifting over. Stargell, too. Augustine wants it. He's got it. One down. Wayne Granger. That's the American League. I'm not worried about that one at all. See a New York, and I thought it was the Mets. Now, the league doesn't interest me at all today. Philippe Lou, the left fielder, 0 for 4. Last time, line deep to left field. Takes a pitch outside. Ball one. Here's the 1-0 pitch. 
foul back out of play. One ball and one strike. From Manaka, yes, sir. <laughs> group from the American Legion in Manaka attending the ball game. Rather vocal group down below here. Two balls and a strike. Tony Perez has hit his 27th for Cincinnati. Billingham trying to win his 20th. Fastball up high. Three balls in the strike. Bobby Bonds hit his 39th. He may be the first guy to hit 40 and steal 40. Here's a ground ball to third. Hebner with an easy play. Two down. Well, the Montreal Expos who have had a fine year this year, one out away from being eliminated from any possibility. Of course, the loss here would do that. Or a New York Med win, and looks like both of those might occur here this afternoon. But you better believe that they have suddenly developed a fine pitching staff in Montreal, and pitching defense is the name of the game. You can't score enough runs to win. Fly ball on the left field. Ron Woods deep, but it's not deep enough. And fittingly, Stargell will make the last out. That retires the Expos. Well, the Montreal Expos mathematically eliminated. The Pirates still have life. The pulse is a little bit thin and weak, but it is still there. And we need some help in Chicago. But the Mets lead there by the score of 5-2. to two. Cubs batting in the bottom of the sixth inning. The final score, the Pirates win it. 10 to 2. Your host has been Iron City Beer. When you're really ready to pour it on, pour on the ice. Now the Bucks snap a three-game losing streak, and by doing so, stay in the Eastern Division race for a lineup where we have to play tomorrow. We'll be taking on the San Diego Padres game time tomorrow. We'll be 1.35. We'll be on the air with warm-up show at 1.20. And this ball game, a big six-run, fourth inning, Highlighted by some timely hitting out, Oliver drove in a tying run at 1-1 after the Expos had scored in the fourth inning. And the other uh, situation developed with an intentional walk to Hebner to pitch to Richie Zisk. Zisk grounded one through off the left side to drive in the go-ahead run. And then a walk to Sagian, loaded them up, and Dave Parker pinch hitting for Dal Maxwell. Got the key base hit a single up the middle to drive in two. And then a squeeze play, a well-executed one. Rooker got Sagian in. And then Cash ended the inning with a line single to left field to drive in another run. Pirates uh, held on and no trouble at all as Rooker pitched another strong ball game to pick up his 10th win. He's lost only six times and he has had himself quite a season. The Bucks have a good starting pitcher for them for next year. Pirates also scored three in the fifth, one more in the sixth to wind up the afternoon with 10 runs on 11 hits and no errors. The Expos 2-9-2. Two, McAnally lost it. He's 7-9. Ripper the winner, 10 and 6. No home runs on the afternoon. Well, the standings look like this New York losing the first ball game. 80 and 79, their record. The Cardinals still playing, but they lead by the score of 2 to 1. They're in the top of the eighth inning. The Phillies batting there. Their record, 80 and 81. The Pirates, likewise, in with an 80 81 mark, are tied with the Cardinals. Montreal season is over, and they are out of the race now, 79 and 83. The Cubs. In that ball game in Chicago in the game number two. They're in the bottom of the sixth inning. New York leading five to two. 
Kuzman going against Fergie Jenkins. Our next broadcast will be tomorrow against the San Diego Padres. We'll be on the air at 1.20 with warm-up time. This game was brought to you in part by Iron City Beer, by colorful Pittsburgh paints, a product of PPG Industries, and by Food Landmarkets, where loyal shopping earns greater savings. Now stay tuned for Pirate Scoreboard on the Pirate Baseball Network.